The boundaries have been broken. Welcome to Vanguard Radio. Oh, no! Vanguard News Network Broadcasting presents Goy Fire with Alex Linder, Craig, Shane Cobb, and your host, Aegis. Welcome to Goy Fire. This is our 33rd show. In the studio tonight is Alex Linder and Shane. He's back from his travels. We have a, a list of topics tonight. Israel implicated in 9-11. Front page versus Professor Kevin McDonald, Iran's president Ahmadinejad and the World Cup, Pope at the Schwitz, and TNB, bribery case of William Jefferson. The DC snipers are back in the news, as well as the question whether or not college is a scam. Pomona has been up on the front page of GoVNN.com and our blog, GoVNN.com. So uh, there has been some debate there. We'd like to uh, go into that a bit further. As well as Duke Rape Update. If you have been following Goyfire, we have been keeping close eye on the case down there. So stay tuned for that as well. Back to our top story tonight. Israel implicated in 9-11. On March 11, 2002, the Palm Beach Post mentioned the DEA report about the Israeli art students. The newspaper stated that the DEA determined that all of the students had recently served in the Israeli military. The majority in intelligence, electronic signal intercept, or explosive ordnance units. This was from the Palm Beach Post of March 11, 2002. There are other Israeli incidences revolving around September 11, 2001 that should be mentioned. On September 4, 2004, an Israeli-owned shipping company entitled Zim American Israeli Shipping Co. moved their North American headquarters from inside the World Trade Center to Norfolk, Virginia, one week before the 9-11 attacks. Zim had announced its move six months before the attacks, yet ten employees were still in the building on September 11th taking care of final moving arrangements. 
They were able to escape unharmed. A year later, a Zim American ship was caught attempting to ship Israeli military equipment to Iran. About two hours before the first plane hit the World Trade Center on September 11, 2001, Odigo, one of the world's largest instant messaging firms, received warnings of, quote, an imminent attack in New York City. Odigo's headquarters are located two blocks from the World Trade Center, but the warnings were received in their Israel location. The FBI was notified immediately after the attacks began. The Internet address of the instant message was given to the FBI by Odigo in an attempt to find the name of the sender. Two months after the attacks, the FBI reported that they were still in the process of investigating the instant message and reports have been non-existent ever since. Guys, I don't know if you have or recall these stories coming out in the aftermath of September 11th, but I thought... I recall them. What's, wh why don't you summarize for the audience what the importance is and why you bring it up now? I'm bringing them up now because there is so much research being done currently on September 11th and uh, the physics of the buildings collapsing, but not necessarily the motives or the actors behind the act itself. I don't know. It sounds kind of anti-Semitic to me, Aegis. <laughs> Aegis Fox had briefly covered that. In some few blogs, they've kept the records of that uh, account of the uh, art students moving up and down. And then it was pulled, and I believe the FBI called and told them, told Fox that it would be a career-wrecking move to continue to... Uh, broadcast or talk about this story. Very obtuse kind of threatening message from a governmental body which is involved in criminal enforcement. At that time it wasn't so, so much emphasis on terrorism. If you remember what we call nowadays the FBI actually does more terrorist investigations or spends more of their resources on terrorism than criminals. So I guess the, the Mexicans and, and, and MUDs run free. Right. The, the, what you're referring to here is also mentioned in this article. Between December 12th and December 15th, 2001, the FBI, the DEA, and the INS informed Fox News that there were no connections between the art students and the incidents of 9-11. They told Fox News that to continue pursuing this topic would be a form of career suicide. Uh -huh. um, Etc. But yes, very unprofessional on their part. And um, if this is the same organization that took the tapes of the so-called plane fly flying into the Pentagon, um, that's just uh, more suspicious uh, in my mind. Well, this is a multi-part series by Carl Cameron, who is a sub-reporter to Brit Hume at Fox News, and it was astonishing that they would publish anything critical of Israel. But as some of you may not recall, they, they did, I think, a four- or five-part study. They ended up not merely shutting it down, but taking it off the Internet and posting, this story no longer exists, i.e., it went straight to the memory hole. And the fact is the Israelis are involved in so many levels in D.C., uh, not least, the least of which is through technical contracts to install phones and computers, which obviously have back doors into them so that the, uh, the Israelis always know what Americans are doing. There's one mentioned in They Dare Not Speak Out, which concerns Jewish influence and talks to a lot of uh, Americans across the political spectrum. Uh, one defense guy said he was so, he, he basically said, I won't write anything down because I know that anything, and he worked for the DOD, I know that anything I write down is going to end up uh, back in Israel. And so our government ain't our government. 
they just keep the external form, but it's it's eaten out and controlled by Jews, and they push it to their agenda, and that's that's the upshot. Even though these stories are four or five years old, they're evergreen because the factual reporting has never been done unless you get the stuff out there and talked about, and and lance the boil and get the the Jewish pus out. Uh, it continues to fester, and that's what's going on. And the Jews have shown they're shameless. They're shameless in their murdering. They're shameless in their lying. Until they're dealt with as Jews and uh, gotten rid of, uh, they will continue to soil our nation with their infamy, murdering people in our name in Iraq and elsewhere. Yeah, well, even this, uh, what was it, the NSA scandal that came out where it was apparent where all domestic calls in the U.S. were monitored by the NSA and this was leaked to the press that the software company who sold the NSA its uh, technology to monitor American domestic calls <laughs> happened to have its um, headquarters in Israel. There has been some House testimony. A few House members uh, have actually entered things in the House record to talk about this, not in those explicit terms, but they question the wiseness of allowing you know, major United States telecommunications contracts to be had by these Israeli companies. And Israel certainly does have a great ability in software writing, software code, and uh, telecommunications, especially in the field of um, surveillance. They're very excellent at it, the Internet. Yes. Yeah, two things I recall. I recall one is Amdocs which is a company that is pretty much the number one world telephone billing software, I think might be the right way to categorize it, but they basically know who's calling who, and that is an Israeli company. And two, the Washington Times have reported that uh, these Jews had the uh, the contract, I think it was to install the stuff in the White House. And uh, three was uh, the, the Inslaw thing, which is some kind of software developed by Americans for the Department of Justice that... Uh, the Jews, through the Department of Justice, ended up uh, stealing from them and basically bankrupting these guys. But it's super sophisticated, uh, basically uh, spy or detailed uh, database software. And uh, the Jews essentially stole you know, it. That uh, White House connection, Alex, they were worried, I remember, that uh, actually that they could monitor Bill the Rapist with his uh, Mary Magdalene paramour there, Lewinsky, and, uh, and mm -hmm. bribe him. There was actual talk that they could literally do that. And sure. Had that ability. So what's called your government may not be your government. They may have hidden holds over people who appear to be uh, uh, American-looking in public. It's really an ongoing investigation. 9-11, what would we call it, factualism, is not going yeah. away. 9-11, there, there continues to be a growing movement, uh, primarily based on the Internet, but uh, coming through these documentaries put together by kids to try to figure out what actually happened on 911, and part of this is these half a decade old controversies and, and half buried news stories. In, in just the same way that the Iraq <coughs> was foisted upon us with a 220 campaign, and we didn't find out till till much later after the fact, you know, and uh, these these fake WMDs. It's the nature of the beast that that the truth comes out yeah. much later, and and through through inference, uh, then through <laughs> the headline. That that you read, or the 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 occurrence that you saw, go down on TV. This is the world we live in today, where these these incidental, half buried stories are the the red flags for what actually happened. Some very interesting incidental information was dredged up by both you and Chain. This dredges up a whole a whole uh, platter of issues that never go away because the the government, and the media, are on the same page, and they're basically you have to fight them for the story. <laughs>
<laughs> because it, crucial to maintaining their power is not is having you unaware. And saying that's what was so remarkable about this five-part Fox series, you know, five years ago that 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 even the tip of the iceberg was was exposed to the public. And we found a Jesus. The, the the Jews seem to have a uh, have their finger in it at, at every possible level. Technological, not, not just political, not just bribing people and buying politicians, but they, they have put in, physically put in all this technology that allows them to track our leaders at the very highest level. Yeah, and and all that. ordinary Americans. Yeah, and, and this is outrageous. That. And when you try to report on it, all of a sudden, I can't tell you anymore, my career will be destroyed, Bye bye And then it's yanked off the Internet, even. Something that ran over the airwaves on Fox News can't even be found on the Internet, so strong is the Jewish power. This is tyrannical. Yeah, well, again, to come back to the story here, on June 21, 2002, ABC News reported that five Israelis were arrested on September 11, 2001, after being caught filming the burning of the World Trade Center from the roof of the, quote, Urban moving systems building, shouting cries of joy. The police found them driving in the company van. Investigators said that they were that that there were maps of the city with certain places highlighted found in the van. The FBI confirmed that two of the five men were Mossad agents and that all five were on a Mossad assignment. They were held on immigration violations. Questioned and then released after 71 days in custody. The owner of Urban Moving System fled the United States to Israel on September 14, 2001. The FBI later told ABC News that the company may have been providing cover for an Israeli intelligence operation. These fucking kikes are caught filming the destruction of the World Trade Center. They're caught filming it and laughing. Now, just imagine that half of the commentary was Muslims instead of Jews, and, and imagine what they would do with that. And you begin to see, just to get a little tiny hint of what's hidden from you, American sucker public. I mean, these, these fucking Jews are filmed, let's say they were ululating, you know, which is like, da, 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 jumping up and down, laughing, enjoying it. They were like Netanyahu. Oh, this is great for Israel. These are the Jews who are our, our allies, we're told, who burn down our buildings and film it and laugh about it. These are our great, wonderful friends. Good Lord. Killing people in Iraq in our name for no reason. Creating lies and pretexts. Smearing anybody who tries to resist by citing simple facts. Yeah, I, I wonder what the tip-off was. I mean, here you have people. They're running around. They're, they're not you know, uh, in a state of shock. They're, they've got a tripod fixed on the on the location of, of the World Trade Center. And they're not even grim. They're they're dancing. Uh they're they're kissing one another. They're falling down. And what was the tip off that got somebody uh so shocked that they would actually call the police on these these guys? Oh, I think they actually thought they were Arabs. Uh-huh. The people, and then the, the people police who called it in saw them jumping around and dancing and thought they were Arabs, happy about it. But in fact, they turned out to be Mossad agents. Huh. Like so I they say, scratch, they scratched <laughs> the surface. This is a moving coming. <laughs> imagine that the levels of surface scratching they would have to go to actually find out. This is finally a, a spy agency. What are the odds of that? 
And then they spirited these people out of the country. And nothing was said about it on Fox News or any of the other the other channels because when Jews do things, we don't talk about it. And uh, <clears throat> the suckers on TV are all in their pay, more or less, or they might as well be. But that that deal on Fox News is pretty much a one-time thing. <laughs> there's a, there's more or less an official conspiracy that we pretend that the Israelis are our allies, and uh, anybody who questions that is is uh, kicked out of the shop. And you see the result. We all recall that stuff, but it's kind of vaguely. Well, this is, in a way, old hat, but it is, um, as the 9-11 is an ongoing investigation where physicists are working more or less around the clock to reconstruct what actually happened, uh, this is more or less, uh, these are the tips that we had at the time to reconstruct what actually went down on that well, now, in, a, in a more political Light, yeah. The 911 you're talking about, is this the guy from uh, BYU, or is this some other group of professors? Uh, no, this is the BYU professor, but there is a website, uh, 911truthseekers, either .org or .com, and they basically post on their blog all yeah. new um, revelations that uh, have come to light. I, I've got the I've got the thread on VNN forum. Is this is is this the truthseeker.co.uk? Yeah, yeah, that's it. That okay. So I mean, he he gave his 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 conference that was videotaped. That was one major breakthrough. And then uh, he has since had subsequent. Uh, for example, there was new evidence implying that uh, thermite was used. So you had molten steel flowing out of these buildings um, in a very thermite reaction fashion. And he goes over that, that section of videotape and, um, and whatnot. But every new, more or less new uh, uh, development in the ongoing 9-11 research is published on this website. But again, right now, they're, they're more or less doing a physics fact-finding, but not um, political motives and political actors uh, fact-finding. Be that as it may, we do have other topics tonight. We have uh, the dollar sliding as U.S. tells China again to let yuan rise. Uh, the dollar continued to slide yesterday as the United States urged the Chinese to let its currency, the yuan, rise in value to seize global trade imbalances. The greenback fell back to dollar ninety-eight to the pound and dollar twenty-eight to the euro, but otherwise global markets took a breather from the frantic selling of the day before, which saw stock markets suffer their biggest drops in three years. Chain, uh, I know you've been following this. Any uh, new insights on your end? Yeah, it's a precipitous decline, and um, here in the last couple of weeks of May, which just preceded our recording today in early June, the U.S. currency weakened 1.4% in one week, and over 90 days it's dropped 2.6%. Now, some people may say this is good, and they remember in past decades that uh, what this does is causes uh, poor countries to be able to afford American goods and so forth. And this is often uh, put forth as a, as a rationale, although John Snow, the Treasury Secretary, is in an absolute uh, uh, near panic about it, it seems, if you read the news stories. Uh, the euro has gained extreme ground, and there are two countries, China and Japan, which hold 
about a trillion dollars. It's just slightly under, I think, in each case of U.S. Treasury notes. Mm -hmm. wow. And uh, any time they decide to sell these, people in the United States with variable mortgages, and a lot of people think these are really the way to go, and they've been uh, told many times by Jewish uh, financial institutions and, and services, oh, yeah, this is the way to go. Well, if the Chinese stop buying these things at this point or decide to just cash some in, the decline in the dollar will be so great that interest rates will rise immediately. You know, the Jewish, but at that point, Americans will pay, pay an extraordinary amount for their mortgages or, or the money that they borrowed. And Kwan's, and I use that term for new listeners to Goyfire, that's a term Alex invented, and it has to do with the, uh, the Kwan's or the uh, Africanness of this country, which uh, the culture created by and, and holds above us. Yeah, everything, everything non-white, everything that's not Aryan in, in origination. Well, and, is, and just the idea that, you know, they want you to be living on credit is, is the pertinent idea here. That would be the economic aspect of yeah. Americwan, <laughs> is that, you know, don't save money, you know, spend money. You, you help the country by growing the economy and, and you know, take out debt on your, or take out uh, money based on the equity in your house and, and buy an mm -hmm. increasingly larger house than you can afford. And, and money. In Week magazine, Alex said that Kwan's now spend about $800 billion more per year than, than uh, we or they make. And yeah. the same mm -hmm. with the Kwan government, uh, $2 billion a day to fight uh, as mercenaries for uh, international kikes or rats is in, in Iraq. Uh, that's $2 billion a day. So, uh, you know, these things are going to change, and they're going to cause mighty changes in Americans' lifestyle. In fact, I believe it's Money Week as well, which is estimating that uh, the dollar may fall as much as 20 to 30 percent in the coming 12 months. If we think that we got a lot of white net board with the uh, you know Mexicans in the street, <laughs> it's really going to uh, snowball when that happens. So yeah, it, it, the libertarians seem to provide some pretty good analysis on this front because uh, they tend to be realistic when dealing with financial law, whereas they're unrealistic on race. But basically, the way you get ahead as a people is you have to have a pretty firm moral system. And you have to have some delayed gratification, and you save money. You, you make sure that the money you got coming in is is more than the money that you're spending. You control your spending, you control your habits, you control yourself. It's really a form of morals. And you you earn the money, and you get ahead. And then it may be spent in laxity. There is a certain cyclic uh, thing to it over pattern of generations, but basically, the Asians are now exhibiting the type of behavior that leads to genuine. Uh, growth and and progress, whereas the Americans are are uh, consuming and they're encouraged to consume by the people at the top. You know, Bush after nine one one, go out and fly Touch places, spend money. You know, but but they're spending money they don't have, and 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 it's not just the people; it's the government. Like Craig said, I mean, they're wasting money on pointless foreign wars that do nothing but serve Israel's interests, and the the Chinese and the Asians are holding trillions of dollars in our notes. And the basic thinking is that they cash these in at any time, or they stop if they continue refusing to fund our deficits, then we're going to be screwed. And the people who have adjustable rate mortgages are going to, uh, in particular, be screwed. And a lot of them are not going to be able to pay their mortgage, and they're going to lose their houses. And the Jews will swoop in and buy them for pennies on the dollar, like they did in the other Great Depression. There's, there's they, a guy named Rothman, and he says in one of these articles, I. Uh, Alex, that uh, he's a financial advisor. He said that uh, there'll be a lot of people offing themselves when they bring it up. That'll be it. I mean, it'll be that bad. Uh, you know, right now yeah. the U.S. unemployment rate is currently 4.7 percent. Inflation is three and a half percent. And, and Craig, what is eight percent? 
Yeah. What's gold and, right now? And all of these are good. Uh, well, let me see. I had gold has gone up ago. from uh, around six fifty something, I think, and silver yeah, over gold, twelve. Gold's already gone over seven hundred uh, at least a few weeks ago, and I guess it's fallen back now to six fifty. But yeah, these uh, <coughs> these analysts Asia will likely switch to uh, essentially a gold standard, and, and for a brief while, the euro will uh, take precedence for the, over the dollar as an international form of currency. That's already occurring. In fact, it's made. Yeah gains already against the, and the United States. Let's, let's be frank about it. The Asians enjoy a lot of advantages that Americans don't have. In Japan, they have a racially homogenous country. And while there are many divisions, subdivisions within China, which is a huge territory, they also have a more or less homogenous Asian population, whereas we in America now have a shit mix of, uh, of third-worlders. Mm -hmm. Such that, you know, within the last week here at Kirksville in northeastern Missouri, we had a Mexican murder another Mexican while the uh, place that they worked was given an award by the local Rotarian fools who, who you know, worship the almighty dollar at the cost of the nation, which has fallen apart. And that's, that's just a microcosm of the entire national scene. Sure. You can't go anyplace in the country without minorities being uh, paraded about as uh, the standard to uh, hit the mark. Yeah. I, I just want to say all these signs of anomaly of economic success in the United States, and yet the average American, average white American, uh, is woe is me, woe is me, and they're worried about it. So it's, it's nonsensical, and yet if the signs are so strong, with a, they claim the economy is moving ahead at a 5.3% clip, uh, and the overall economy is 12.5 trillion. The fact is, is that the elites control a lot of this. Craig, that's something I particularly want to underline for those of you listening to Goy Fire. What you want to do is stay out of debt, because debt is slavery, and that's a cliche for a reason. It's true. To the extent you owe money, you're going to be enslaved by your need to repay it, and so you don't want to contract the debt in the first place. That means. Try to live a little bit below your means. Try to try to keep a lot of money in reserve and and, and diversify it. Put some in gold so that you're you have to protect yourself against the Jewish counterfeiters called the Fed. And uh, don't need stuff. Don't need material things. That's where your true freedom is. The extent you have you know you have overdeveloped appetites and passions, those will control you. That's traditional religious thinking, but it's basically true. If you're a slave because you have to have the latest stupid. Uh, pre-stressed pre jeans or whatever, or you need some kind of shoes, or you need the right designer. I mean... And what about the war in Iran? That's a high-ticket item that everybody's pretty passed. Oh, yeah, we're forced you know, to buy that. We don't need a war in Iran. We need a war in Iran like we need a new $50,000 <laughs> SUV or Hummer or something with gas at $3 a, a pop. I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what do we... What not do we don't... those fuckers anymore, Hummer. <laughs> We're going to stop. <laughs> they even, I, there are even people around here who have those, which yeah, is well, amazing to me. It's funny how, how our national gains, in quotation marks, in Iraq and whatnot, are immediately privatized so that they can resell the oil that we conquered or, or, or took control of to us at a profit, i.e., you know, e.g., Halliburton or some other private company. Yeah, well, if we wanted the oil, we could have simply bought it from Iraq. I suspect most of whatever oil benefit has come from this war is simply being piped to Israel. Now, the war in Iraq is no good for Americans, apart from the masturbatory feel-goodism that you get on Fox. Oh, we're killing people and blowing them up. We must be tough. 
It's just like your idiots owning owning these uh, killer dogs that they beat, and then the dog would go insane every time someone walks by, and that makes them feel good about how tough they are. There's a lot of cowardice in the American character in that way, and there's really there's a lot of sadism too, and just a, a delight in damaging other people, and and really, it's, it's juvenile delinquency as much as anything. I mean, if, if you're sitting there all proud when your country's blowing up things in Iraq, I mean, you're you're a sad case. You're not an adult. Yeah, well, even if we put the thief's morality above juvenile delinquency and said, well, by robbing another nation, at least we're going to profit by it, we see that on a national level, even that's not true via this immediate privatization that takes place. So that American citizens are not even enriched, but rather impoverished by these uh, foreign enter- uh, ex- escapades. With their no-bid contracts. Yeah, it, and your money's going to pay these killers, you know, a thousand plus a day. But uh, it's all manipulation, and you got to stay. We we don't have the we don't have the power here to, at at uh, Goyfire to change it. But what we can do is stay away from it and let people know what's going on. And say, hey, the last thing in the world you want to do is sign up with the U.S. Armed Forces to go kill people abroad. Uh, you know, the you know last thing you want to do. Uh, Remember the Christian thing, and if you guys are younger, and maybe it wasn't part of your upbringing, but they had the song, The Bible Tells Me So. You could just about supplant that with The TV Tells Me So. Yeah, I mean, they, if it's on Fox News, the opposite is probably true. And, you know, if, if, if that's just a good way to deal with any mass media in an age of Jewish control, where, where if you don't have to fight the reporter for the story, then he's simply lying to you. It's the stuff that they won't tell you and don't want you to know. That is the stuff that you need to know. Go out there and buy junk and inflate the economy. Well, what's that going to do for you? You probably don't need whatever it is you're buying. Well, democracies have more or less been universally condemned by all thinking men across the centuries just because it's it's up for grabs on a continuous basis. It's not as if the the best rise to the top. It's almost programmed that the worst end up inheriting uh, the reins of power. And uh, right now we see that in the form of the Jews just running roughshod over the civilized countries of the world and uh, enslaving the best parts of society left in, in America to to its ends. Well, I'm encouraged by Ahmadinejad. Well, we'll deal with that in a later segment of uh, today's Goy Fire. Well, the Jews have ruined your money, Kwans. Get ready for a rough ride. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Is the, the, the context there is you've got the Fed, which is printing money, which is causing inflation, which is not really spoken of. But go out and try to buy stuff, and you'll find it It does go up each year. I'll look at food. So what you've got to do is somehow save money and get ahead, even as inflation eats away at your savings and... Maybe buy something that will hold value against inflation, like gold or some other, some other metal, and uh, try to own real things and try to buy them outright. And if you need a car, don't sign up for a $30,000 loan. Buy a used car for a couple thousand in cash that you've saved and put the cash in the barrel head. Same thing with the house. You don't have to take a mortgage. In fact, what, a lot of what we're talking about in today's Goy Fire we're going to talk about college education as a scam, uh, and, and I'll make some points I made in my front page GoVNN article uh, about my alumni magazine. We'll talk about things that people buy, and by buy we mean contracting a debt, uh, 
to undertake that, that aren't worth it. And college education, houses, and new cars are three things that are, by and large, not worth what is paid for them. And they're, they're three of the, the scammiest areas of American life. You've got to remember that let, human society and interaction is just like any other biological system. Everything has chemical defenses and chemical, chemical attacks. And it, everything is a, it's like a rugby scrum where people are constantly pressing against each other to try to push things their own way. So if the mass media is telling you something, you better believe it's not for your benefit. It's for their benefit. And buying an overpriced college education house or a new car is definitely not to your your benefit. In fact, it's going to tie you up for decades trying to pay for it. Yeah, so we'll, we'll the, let you in on the truth. Yeah, well, again, one of the insidious uh, side effects of inflation is you can't get rid of your money fast enough because it devalues in such a short period of time. So workers yeah. to get their paycheck in, let's say, $500, try to spend it to get things... Because they know next day $500 will buy less than it did the day before. So That's it's extreme almost inflation. Extreme inflation, yeah, where you've got maybe yeah. 10% a month or and, something. And excluding that, uh, at a 3.5% rate. Well, it should be the one thing is, you know, it can actually, if you have a lot of debt, inflation can wipe it out and be great in that regard, but... What exactly. it will also do is it will yeah it will it will wipe out savings on the other hand and then that's basically what happened in Germany was they had inflation to such a great extent that it destroyed the savings of the middle classes and left them extremely fearful as anyone would be because you know you work hard and you save your money and you try to get ahead and act uh, prudentially and uh, uh, all of a sudden that's all been taken from you within just a few months and you're going to look around and go what what is the reason for this what is wrong with this system. And yeah, something like that could happen in the United States, although it's hard to believe it could happen. Yeah, well, ultimately, it also destroyed the power of the Jews in Germany because the money was worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is their, I mean, if they are the Fed, uh, the worst thing that could ever happen to them is for the money to become worthless. But they, in a yeah, way... Yeah, they reestablished a, a new mark, but... Uh, there are plenty of people who knew what was happening and who were ahead of the curve, but it's always yeah. going to be a minority, a tiny minority. You're going right. to be I'm, played for the sucker. You yeah, better believe I mean, that, and they're not going to tell you the truth about what's going on. They I still don't you. tell the truth about what happened in the Great Depression. I mean, it's treated as though the government solved the problem when the government caused the problem. It was the Fed that caused the Great Depression, and you won't, you will not find. You go pay your tent, your your. $40,000 a year for your Duke or your Harvard education, you won't find any professor who will tell you the, the truth that the Great Depression was caused by the Fed. Not, not, there, there probably aren't more than 10 professors in America who will teach that in their class, but it's the truth. Well, Alex, didn't they let people buy on a 5 or 10% margin in the stock market, something like that, to where barbers were buying huge uh, lots? Uh, yeah, they, but, but again, you know, that's... Uh, that's not necessarily a, necessarily a problem. The problem is they don't let the people fail. When you when you don't let when you try to take the failure out of that stuff and you try to have all these government guarantees, all you do is subsidize the cost of speculation so that these fuckers can speculate and go broke and then not pay it. In uh, that way, they kind of screw the people who save money and who live the the right kind of way to guarantee a successful country. It's a moral issue more than anything, really. The economics is just way, the form that it takes. If we're to consider the Jews as really the plastic demons of decomposition, that they're really just heading the country 
off a cliff, what's going to happen is the money will become worthless. And at that point, it's almost like Alexander's soldiers burning him burning their wagons of loot. You've got nothing to lose at that point. And at yeah, that, point, that may happen. That may happen. But they'll they'll. <laughs> I think they just sort of shifted around. I mean, they. You know, what's so inherently valuable about gold? Now gold's hot. And then tomorrow the stock market heats up again. And then after that it's real estate. It just kind of goes from one to the other. And they shift it around with their policies, and the people who are on the, in the, on the inside know what's going on. And the ones on the outside are just vaguely trailing along, and they're watching cable financial channels thinking that they're insiders. Uh, but they're not. And so you've got to protect yourself. And you protect yourself by living the right way, having the right ideas in your head, having the right values, and uh, uh, not spending more than you take in and not contracting debt. That's that's how you have to do it. And it really is independent of your political views. So that's what we you urge here at Goyfire. Be careful. The kike investor from MASH, the, the MASH doctor on Fox, you don't watch him, Alex, telling you where to put your Um No, I'm not sure who you're referring What's to. What's his name, Wayne? Wayne? Isn't there, I know there's like Neil Cavuto on and there's a... The on MASH, on the TV show MASH. Yeah, oh, on MASH? He's, he's a amateur and professional investor now actor. Uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah. Oh, are you joking or are you ta- are you you're making a serious but, point? Yeah. That that's who he is. One of the guys who was an actor on MASH is now a financial advisor on Fox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys watch TV, they know Ben Stein, he's on there too. Ben Stein, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah all I mean, the things you miss while not watching television. Yeah, no, that's a new one to me. I'm still familiar with some of it cuz uh <clears throat> but uh no, I haven't heard of that. Okay, well, guys, we have a professor here, and in fact, a professor of anti-Semitism, and uh, this is an essay written by one Jacob Laxon of FrontPageMagazine.com, May 5th, 2006, so this is not all too long ago, and I'll quote some of the article, quote, for an academic, McDonald has trod a usual path, an anti-war student radical at the University of Wisconsin in the 60s. McDonald has since migrated to the opposite end of the political spectrum, becoming a passionate spokesman for his, quote, pseudo-scholarly thesis that Judaism must be regarded as a self-interested evolutionary strategy created and used by Jews to deprive non-Jews of resources in an ongoing zero-sum Kulturkampf. Although McDonald identifies himself as a conservative, one can't help but note the similarities between his writings on Jews and Karl Marx on the Jewish question, that the thesis owes no debt to serious scholarship and has not deterred a gallery of anti-Semites from David Duke to Israel Shamir from applauding it as an empirical confirmation of the innate wickedness of the Jews. Yeah, I saw that. It's uh, basically what you got is this little kike punk who's one of the, the new generation. Uh, the, for those of you who pay any attention, which excludes most of America, your commentariat, as it were, is about half Jewish and about half apologist or sh- goy shills who serve as, as false fronts. Those would be people like Limbaugh and O'Reilly. And this little punk is like Benjamin Shapiro. He's, he's that type. Uh, Jacob Laxon, he's a new one to me. I really hadn't heard of him, but I guess he's been on Fox, or he's been on the uh, O'Reilly. And uh, um, what they're doing is basically Jews 
are not this or that. They're always Jews. That's what I. That's what identifies them. Just as a milkweed may pop up here or there, if you dig under the dirt, it's all connected. The point is not that they're liberal, not that they're conservative. That's false front to fool the stupid goyim. They are Jews, and they're pursuing what's of interest to Jews. So they go into conservatism, they redefine it to serve Jewish interests. And part of that is by attacking anybody who points out what Jews are up to. And so Horowitz contracts with one of his uh, little punks to uh, write a smear piece on McDonald, and that's what they did in May, just about a month ago. This little sideburn punk uh, who writes for, uh, <laughs> as they point out, all these different... He writes for about 10 or 15 Jew-exclusive sites, you know, and he's running ads for a, for a J-date, which is Jews dating Jews. And, of course, Dershowitz is publishing books about the vanishing Jew and how horrible it is that Jews aren't marrying other Jews. See, they, they get away with that because they control the media and they can redefine themselves in the media. Oh, we're, we're religion. It's nothing racial. But, of course, it is racial. As people like McDonald have, have cited in their work, I mean, they're extremely genetically interrelated. Jews who have uh, lived in, in European countries for centuries are far more related to Jews in other European countries than they are to the uh, the host population that they abuse at, at, at will in, in their articles. So this is the way of the world. These, these like scrofulous punks control the media, and so they're allowed to smear. And uh, <coughs> in the piece we're talking about, the writer describes how they, he describes it as a disconnect, that they go, <coughs> their, their way of, of, of arguing is no way at all. They simply cite what someone like McDonald says, and you're expected to join them in outrage. But see, that's not a disconnect. That's their, their tactic. They don't argue. Jews never argue. The only time they'll argue is if you get something factually wrong, then they can jump on it and, and like an area, and they can correct you with the truth. But <coughs> since they are the ones who are usually lying, what they simply do is, is cite what you've said, and, and you are supposed to affirm how outrageous it is. And you see, their cover story is that they speak for the community, so they've got this story, and the Holocaust is the guts of it. And <coughs> it, it's this myth that, that is commonly believed that we all know is true, because that's all we ever heard growing up and reading in school. We all, we all know the Jewish cover story on any particular issue. So they always have that as a mental reference, and anything that tries to break through that crust well, usually it can't. So they never need to argue. Being Jewish means never needing to make your case. All they do is attack anybody who dares to go against their thousand and one cover stores. And McDonald is probably the most successful. And we've promoted him from day one above and beyond probably everybody else pretty much in the world. The minute we started, we said, this guy has analyzed the Jews and what they're up to. And like they say, they are a group working to pursue its own racial interest against your interests. And more than that, you really don't need to know. All you need to do is be able to identify Jews, and you can immediately see what they're doing. So, you know, yesterday, Horowitz is a, a communist. Today, he's a conservative. No, he's a Jew. He's been a Jew the whole time. He cares about what's good for Israel and Jews, and, and he is uh, anti-American and anti-Aryan, anti-white. But, uh, you know, the suckers will take these, oh, yeah, they're conservative. David Horowitz is on my side. No, he isn't. No, he isn't, and no Limbaugh, so, and no O'Reilly are not. They are against you. They mean yeah, so ill for you. So this same uh, Horowitz, who was uh, the biggest spokesman for the Black Panthers back in the 60s, uh, that recreated himself as a conservative, has now yeah. come out with a philo uh essay against... Jews are like a vaudeville actors. they got a big trunk, and they got a thousand and one masks in there. And the glam is so goddamn stupid. They will never look at anything sideways. They just, oh, whoa, it's a pup. Fox News is a puppet show for adult children. 
look at who's producing it and what they intend, man. They're they're promoting Israel and Jews. They hate white people. They just use you saps to go fight their wars over there. You think it's Bill O'Reilly's kid over there dying in Iraq? I mean, <laughs> where was O'Reilly during Vietnam? Where was Limbaugh? They weren't anywhere around there. These are just these, these sadistic, cowardly, middle-aged warmongers who shill and front for the Jews. That's just no, obvious. Jews. The minute you look into it, you know, it's, one, it's just like you know, I Kevin said. It's one, it's one standard for Israel and the Jews, and it's another standard for you. You're a hater. You're evil when you, when you demand for white people the same thing they, they demand for Jews. This guy, Horowitz, wrote another book recently called The Professors, and I don't want to tout his book. The only reason I mention it is because he got in an argument with a Jew named Max Blumenthal as to why he, that is Horowitz, never mentioned McDonald in his book, The Most Dangerous 101 Professors. And that was just published February 13, 2006. Well, who the fuck are you kidding me, goddamn? I mean, you live and breathe politics since your uh, commie parents in the 1930s, you know, bred you to the tooth on them, and you never heard of Professor Kevin McDonald? I called uh, Michael Medved a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, and ta started talking about the culture of critique, and I said, have you read it, Michael? He said, no, I have not, but I've heard of it, and thank you very much for calling, and please do call again, and he hung up. And it's the same with Horowitz. They don't want to air this book until now. It's reached such a crescendo, the interest in McDonald's work. And by the way, just a little bit funny story. McDonald said, uh, pardon me, I keep thinking about McDonald's, but... Uh, uh, Horowitz said in his book, The Professors, he talks about a Rutgers professor who actually penned an early poem with a line, uh, uh, I got uh, the extermination blues, you boys. And so <laughs> there's a little uh, Bobby Zimmerman uh, line. But, was that, the, was that a black guy who did that? <laughs> Mary I don't know. I just or something? A, a Rutgers <coughs> professor. But, but, but oy vey! <laughs> Duke was talking about the Katie Couric interview, and he said how, you know, she said it was her worst interview with Duke, and Duke said in response, that's because as soon as I got on, she started talking about alleged quotes I made 20 or 30 years ago or something, and he said, you wouldn't do that with, uh, with Ted Kennedy, go on there and start asking about Chappaquiddick, you know, something to have, and just monopolize it. And by the way, Couric came out recently in Fox News, and the Fox News fesses up that she's a Jew, her mother was a Jew. Well, how come all these, all these years, Katie Couric, you know, we've got to look up her ass with a colonoscopy or whatever it is. You know, everything else, her husband weeping about he died of colon cancer. Yeah. All this shit, literal shit. And, and, and Katie just never happened to tell us, oh, yes, my mom's a Jew. Yeah. So, and, How about that? Anyway, that's about that. <laughs> that's great. I've never... Confession. Usually I'm, southernism, midwesternism. It's short for confesses. Confesses up. Yeah, yeah. I've always disliked her, so I'm glad to hear that she is a Jew. Yeah, it's funny when they're when they're all about to bow out. There's there's this confession. Was it Madeleine Albright? Was also one uh, Franks, the general uh, who who had the uh, Belgrade yeah. fiasco. It's it's really weird. Well, one thing I like about McDonald's work is he says overtly that the Jews are not Westerners, which that that drives them into conniptions because and their whole their whole scam is based on them. A, being part of our community, and B, speaking for our community. See, our community is against hate, of course, Jews defining that. But McDonald says that anti-Semitism is becoming a badge of hell. It's been a, it, it, there's never been a time when anti-Semite wasn't a badge of courage, <clears throat> at least since the, uh, the age of the mass media opened about 80 years ago. I mean, the same thing, that, that's why the Nazis are more hated according to our mass media, than any people in history is because they figured out, they not only figured out what the Jews were up to, they beat them. 
in their own come country. On, they Alex. took power away from them. Come on, we're all Judeo-Christians here. No, that's hey, just a... That's for pages right, six dictionaries. There's no Judeo-Christian in all these early dictionaries from the 1950s. Not even in there. I got them right here. This John Derbyshire, for all you conservatives now morphing into racism, and we know you're listening to Goyfire. 2003, Derbyshire wrote this article. March 10, 2003, issue of the American Conservative. And here he says the Jews are so smart, essentially he says the more power to them. And he actually quotes Shakespeare, uh, Bianchi, he said, if the 3% controlled the 97% and bamboozled them to let all these uh, non-whites into the country, well, he says the more fool they. And the fucker repeats it twice. They. Just for the Jews, Alex, that's exactly what Derbyshire yeah. is. Derbyshire, the more fool <laughs> they. In other words, they're laughing at, at the, as, they're, as they're driving us like cattle into this chaos. Well, he's English. You can't expect much from from him. Come on, aren't, aren't they our elder brothers in Christ insanity? I mean, there there is a, there actually is quite a quite a deal of admiration for Jews uh, for their uh, material success in the U.S. because a lot of the grasping Christians who lack the brains or the character to get ahead, they look at the Jews and they they really admire that. And and when you combine that with their sadism, with their their love of seeing uh, injuries done to other people at no risk to themselves, you have a pretty sick people. And that doesn't cover all Americans, but it covers a very substantial minority. Yeah, the guy who does uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous, he has a uh, the, the 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 billionaires yachts, and he has uh, Paul Allen, and who's the other guy in the tech world? Uh, not the Microsoft guy. His name doesn't come to mind now. He's another kite. And how they compete for the biggest yacht, and three hundred fifty some feet long. Cost 1.6 billion or something. Yeah, uh, you know who I mean. He's another. Um, he's just below Gates and, and, and total wealth. But of all these yacht owners around the world, there's another Jew from uh, Russia. It's like three or three or four of five or six of them are, uh, of five or six are, are Jews. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Well, the admiration. Anytime you have admiration of money, and there are great similarities. Philosophically, between the the Puritans and and the Jews, and and this idea of uh, you know we're the light end of the world, and we're going to be the new Jerusalem. This obsession with people of, of basically people without imagination, who are the ones that the Bible appeals to. Read and oh yeah, I want to be the Jews, and and this is not just Christian identity. It's it's, it's a hell of a lot of Christianity itself. I want to be the Jews, uh, and 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 so there there's. That mentality has been in America a long time, but uh, the Jews just cynically use and manipulate terms. They had Katie Kirk with uh, Leslie Stahl on 60 Minutes, so there's two Jewesses talking, and then uh, and then Les Moonves, he's the guy who tried to put whites on TV a few years ago, kind of like an updated Beverly Hillbillies, where, where you put them in a big mansion in Beverly Hills, I guess, and but real life whites, you know, pluck them out of West Virginia or something, Kentucky, some poor family, and see how they fare, you know, give them lots of money. And he finally got hounded out of doing that. Les Moonves, uh, M-O-O-N-V-E-S, I don't know if I'm pronouncing his name. But he's a kike, and anybody who doubts it, go into Google and type that name. Les, Leslie or L-E-S uh, Moonves. He's the head and chief executive officer of CBS now. So uh, CBS is about the kikiest network, you know, so tired of running neck and neck with Fox. But, mm-hmm. uh, hey, and we, uh, Craig, we ought to make the point here that uh, these guys are not merely... Uh, they're not merely smearing McDonald and making up quotations and attributing to them, which shows their uh, their their maliciousness. If you couldn't pick that up from their Jewishness alone, uh, the, yeah, they literally make up quotes. And of course, Horowitz has no trouble with that, being exceptionally dishonest. But uh, they 
they're trying to hint around. The Jews don't like... McDonald is a tenured prof, and they're, they're hinting, you know, ominously that they want to. They don't think he should be employed. They want to get rid of him, and this is part of their whole drive to prevent any criticism of, of Israel at all on campus. And Horowitz already even written a book to that end, and he has a whole well, campus Horowitz watch thing that encourages people to report any professor who criticizes Israel. You know, they have their little punk uh, Shapiro. This little kike is uh, one of the World Net Daily writers who went off to Harvard Law School, and he wrote some book about uh, undergraduate life at uh, UCLA. And his his quote is, "No war can be won when members of a disloyal opposition are given free reign to undermine it." Says Shapiro. Well, let me tell you, I've lately been reading a lot of uh, Mencken stuff. My life as author and an editor, and he talks about World War One and how the uh, the Anglomaniacs, as he called them, the the pro English. Uh, owners of the papers he worked for and, and pretty much the papers up and down the East Coast uh, simply would not allow any criticism of, you know, England's our friend and and we're and, and they were utterly anxious to lead us into war uh, in favor of England in World War One, and they simply wouldn't publish anything uh, different and they encouraged attacks on uh, people of German descent in the U.S. And you had the, exactly the same kind of patriotism a hundred years ago that you have today uh, pushing the war in Iraq. That's how it is, and now it's it's this Anglomania combined with uh, an even more powerful uh, Jewish control. Because back then the Jews didn't own all the papers the way they do today, as that was in you know 1915 or so, and the but Jews were just starting to come to the country in large numbers. But today the Jews own almost every single one of these outlets. They own Fox News. Culturalism, even in England. I mean, as much <coughs> in a way in England, in some ways, I'm not sure if I can put my finger on it, but I was just there and. It's just unbelievably bad. Of course, it's bad in, in the Quad, too. But Well, the, the Jews killed off before, uh, I forget the guy's name, I think it was Charles. They, they essentially created political gangs that killed off King Charles and allowed them to bring in the guy, I forget his name, I think it was Edward or Longshanks, who, uh, who, or Cromwell, Cromwell's Cromwell. who it was, who let the Jews back into England. They had been kicked out of England. Well, they got, through various manipulations, they bought a guy who was out of power, and they had him through various devious means, kill off the king. And then they had their own guy in power, and they, he let the Jews back in England. They've essentially controlled it ever since. And that was kind of a, even before the French Revolution. So the idea of running radical mobs of people and lying about people, they had it was called le infamy uh, when it was directed at the French nobility. They just utterly smear anybody who describes what's going on. Right, wrong, reasons, arguments have nothing to do with it. They attack McDonald in no way because of, uh, because of he says anything wrong or that they disagree with. It's purely because he is describing for white people what the Jews are doing to this country, and they will not have it. And they will use any means, up to and including murder, to prevent the truth about themselves from being known. And that's why we're doing Goyfire, because it's so important that you know that truth. There is no other political fact that is a hundredth as important as no understanding that Jews are your enemy. Alex, you know the guy, Mark Krikorian, he's the expert from, I guess, FAIR, you know, the immigration uh, to try to stop all this invasion. And he, he's a Jew, too. Yeah. Well, and, it's and Mark, he, Mark Stein, you mean? No, Mark Krikorian. Dan, Dan, Dan Stein is the head of FAIR, with the Federation of Americans for Immigration Reform, or at least he was. I don't know. Well, he wasn't now. for many well, years. Are you saying Krikorian heads it now? Krikorian's a Jew, too. He, he may have had another org. I may have misspoke about the FAIR. Uh, but, but but he's often on the news channels. Is why I recognize him. Uh, I know yeah. Corey's name is fine too. But anyway, uh, and, and he was saying when uh, Vicente Fox was in this hotel in uh, neoclassic Spanish Italian or something in L.A. It's quite an edifice. But anyway, he was in there consulting with uh, 
leftists and, and the mayor of uh, Los Angeles and so forth. At the same time, Bush was being forced essentially to uh, allow the National Guard to temporarily be on the border. In any case, uh, Krikorian expressed uh, dismay and, and outrage that uh, the leader of a foreign government would be here lobbying, just as the Congress was trying to pass a very important act like that. Well, hey, pal, what about Netanyahu? How many times have we seen Netanyahu on TV? Any time America you know, doesn't pony up $4 billion or something. They mm -hmm. roll out Netanyahu, and before that, every other one. You know, they'll bring these Israeli prime ministers directly into your home, and, you know, you name it. Monday morning, Monday night, Saturday afternoon. <laughs> it, it's just nonstop. But uh, it, it's kind of interesting that he doesn't notice that. He can only... So, so this is a neocon uh, uh, Jewish tactic now, like Horowitz, to say, oh, we love immigration, legal immigration, you know, that, that made America great. Well, Americans ought to understand that we encourage them to read McDonald's work, uh, The Culture of Critique, but what you need to understand is that it was Jews created, A, the idea that races don't exist. It was Jews that created the concepts of pluralism and multiculturalism. It was Jews that created and spread the idea that America is a nation of immigrants rather than a, a nation of people descended from Britain and, and a, a few other European countries. So all these lies about America come from the Jews. And most of you listening to this, if, if we're getting across to any conservative people, what you think of as conservatism isn't conservatism. I mean, you're, you're steeped in a culture now where for decades conservatives have been promoting Martin Luther King as a conservative. So you've been lied to in so many ways that you have no idea how deep the trouble actually runs. Well, McDonald gets to the bottom of it. It's that the Jews are an alien people, as Thomas Jefferson said, they, are, they form an alien people hostile to the government they, that they are the host people they live among. Alien and separate. They are not us. Well, to those so every points, lie furthers the lie that they are, but they are not us. They are our enemy. David Horowitz is your enemy. And all his little shills and punks, like this last chin, they are your enemy. Okay, yeah, they're conservative. They're laughing off their ass at you, to, that you'll buy stuff like that, that these guys are pro-American and, and pro-white, and they mean good for our country. No, they're your enemy. They mean yeah, to destroy you. To those points, I would only add a final one. They finally created created the concept of anti-Semitism, which basically is to criminalize anything that's against their new world order. But what, what have I said a hundred times? Jews are not Democrats. They do not believe in debate. They, every single issue that they create has two sides only. There's, there's an undistributed middle. Either you support the Jewish agenda or you're evil. Either you support the Jews and their attempts to destroy America, or you are a degenerate, or you're an anti-Semite, or no matter that you write 400-page books that are filled with, you know, dozens of pages of bibliographies and cited sources and that you maintain an even tone throughout, no, you should be denied tenure and kicked out of your country. You shouldn't be allowed to speak what you're saying, even though it's fully documented. Okay, this is what Jews are. They're inherently totalitarian people. And, and you idiots talking about Judeo-Christian America, you're, you're, you're fools. You, do, you don't even know what you're talking about. Most of you are too dumb even to reach the level of selling out. Judeo-Christian tradition. Okay, anyone who says that is either an idiot or a shill. They're a fool or they're bought. I've got the Thorndike Barnhart Dictionary, 1953. Judeo-Christian's not in that. I just have one after the other. Webster's 20th Century Dictionary. Uh, what year was this? Uh, late 50s, too, or middle 50s? No Judeo. Yeah. 
on and on and on. Standard funk and wagon. Hey, I bet homophobe's not in there either, huh? Uh, volume one. You'll oh, you'll notice how you know. And racist is not in some of them because it was racialist. It was Max sure. Eastman, and we've mentioned this before, who was Lev Bronstein, that is Trotsky's, the uh, Jew Lev Bronstein. Uh, fake all, yeah, all this goes Trotsky, back uh, to... Who was the one that invented the word racist, 1932 or three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the Jews do this for every single issue. They come up with a term to categorize their enemies, and it's always a term that uh, is hateful and evil. And it it says that it's essentially this position is illegitimate and they win the argument by framing the argument and politics has always been like that but uh the difference is that one tiny little sliver of so-called humanity controls the debate and controls which terms are used so that even when the vast majority disagrees with it it's nevertheless powerless to prevail thus it is that homosexuals who represent you know virtually negligible amount of the people parade their deviancy in public and people are even afraid to criticize them. That's only possible when you have mass media that reach everybody and create uh, a mental construct which everybody knows this or that when it's not the case but everybody thinks that everybody else thinks differently than they do. It allows them to put across these, these monstrous notions as though they're normal and to uh, stigmatize anyone who resists and this attack on McDonald is, uh, is part of that. You know, he tells the simple truth about Jews. I've met him personally. I've read his books, Touching on the Jews. They, he completely controls the tone. I mean, even when you can almost feel how outrageous it is that these Jewish so-called scholars, and Jews love to call people who point out facts against their interest pseudo-scholars, but Jews themselves are the true pseudo-scholars. And he points out how they falsify data at various points in his book. He has documented what the Jews are up to, and that scares them because it threatens the power structure that controls this country. And that's the one that allows little punks like this to have a network where they can get ahead. Let's see this little punk. Today he's writing little articles on, on Jew-only itty-bitty sites that no one reads. Tomorrow he's writing for a front page that a lot of people read. Then he's on Fox. Next he becomes a, a, a perhaps a, a talking head on Fox, a full-time rather than a guest. Then he can go out and speak to businesses will bring him in to speak for $50,000 a pop. This is the ladder of success that Jews have nepotistically filled with their own people. That Pretty much it's only Jews and people who are apologists or Ashkenazi ass-kissers who are allowed to make any kind of commentary to the public. You have to be processed so that they know that you're going to say only things that are Jew-friendly if you want to get in the airwaves. This is how uh, politics works in America. When you so say all is it, the better. You mean like the enriched yellow and uranium out of Africa that the Mossad floated that uh, sure, yeah. document? And then all of a sudden, it's a big hullabaloo <laughs> story, but... but really well, and, and, and how would that work in this instance? Well, some Jews, Jews occupied, they're not just the writers, but they're the, a lot of the policy analysts, and they set up their own little office within the DOD, and they concoct a bunch of lies, and they feed these lies to their own sympathetics in the, in the media, just like this guy, who's, a, who's an up-and-comer, a laction, and then they report it, and then we go to war based on it. And all of a sudden, your kid's dead, and even if your kid's not dead, you know, a bunch of money is missing from your pocket, which finds its way to Israel. And, uh, you know, maybe years later, the truth kind of comes out, but hey, so what? You know, I, yeah, we were lying about weapons of mass, so what? What are you going to do about it? Well, ultimately, what we're going to do about it is get rid of the Jew, or we're going to die.
because of the Jew. Either the Jew triumphs on our corpse or we kill the Jews. Yeah, maybe just a kid elementary or high school and they're telling you every day about how bad white people are. Maybe that's all you have to endure. You know, 20 years of... Uh, of uh, you know, Craig, it would be interesting to see what percentage of published books include some reference to the Holocaust. I bet it's about 50%. Lately, I've been doing a hell of a lot of reading. I should have done years ago, and if I had a true education, I, I, I would have. But, of course, they don't assign these books in class, and they're hard to find. You have to dig them up. But uh, it's just amazing the percentage of books that you wouldn't think would ever touch on it. Deal in, mention the Holocaust, and, of course, it's always this cover story that anybody who investigates finds out is not true. And so much of what we think we know is not true and has been put forward as deliberate lies by these Jews because the lies serve their interests i.e. portraying themselves as a persecuted, afflicted people when, in fact, they're the richest, most powerful ethnic group on earth. So, look, I want to put a rap on this. The rap here is McDonald's is a good guy. He is a hero. And I don't use that word loosely at all. Kevin McDonald is a hero. And we at VNN and Goyfire stand with him 100% because what he has written is the truth. It's the truth about Jews, what they are, and what they are doing and attempting to do and have done to European people like me and Craig and Aegis and you listening to this. And all you really need to know, you don't even need to know the stuff he digs up. All you need to know is that the Jew is your enemy. And that has been documented a thousand times in a thousand places. Know it. The Jew is your enemy. He is our enemy. We must defeat the Jew. No way out but through the Jew. Okay, that's my, that's my slogan that that's crystallizes the result of reading McDonald. We have to go through the Jew to regain our liberty and our honor. Okay, yes, and part of that is attacking these little fuckers who, who, who are trying to, to mess with people who tell you the truth. Yeah, well, we have here a headline story. We are determined, this is an interview uh, that uh, Iranian President Mohammad Ahmadinejad did with uh, the Spiegel... Uh, this is really a great interview. It's uh, It just came out. This is May 30th, 2006. Really, just point for point, Ahmadinejad and uh, the Spiegel about different things, about him supposedly denying the Holocaust, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but there's one quote here. Uh, <laughs> it's just really an interesting read because it's uh, like a tennis match. The ball's going back and forth and and back and forth, and uh, I think Ahmadinejad just comes out ahead every every time. On every shot, he more or less scores. He says here, quote, I know that Der Spiegel is a respected magazine, but I don't know whether it is possible for you to publish the truth about the Holocaust. Are you permitted to write everything about it? And then the Spiegel answers, quote, Of course we are entitled to write about the findings of the past 60 years historical research. In our view, there is no doubt that the Germans, unfortunately, bear the guilt for the murder of six million Jews. And, and yeah, and that's, that's the typical dishonesty of the Jew-controlled media. And Spiegel is, I believe, owned by Jews. It's certainly written in line with their prejudices. But, no, you cannot write the truth about the, the, whole, the Holocaust in Germany. There is an official line, and if you disagree with it, you're thrown in prison. So Ahmadinejad is, is quite, it's just, it's such an incredible interview. You've you got to read it. it. It's just so thoroughly enjoyable to see him just points to the West say, you moralizing, canting, stupid motherfuckers going on about freedom and liberty and democracy when you can't even write the truth in your own goddamn country. You can't write the truth about what, what happened to the Jews during World War II. 
And the truth about it is only the Jew won World War II. And part of his victory is, oh, we, we all agree in this common myth that, oh, there were these six million Jews killed. Well, let me tell you, you who think, if you think I'm lying or you think I'm making stuff up, you look into it. And you see how many people are thrown in jail who criticize the Jews or who uh, write the truth about it. But when you look into it, okay, and I got a book. One of the books I got is uh, by uh, a German uh, Ph.D. chemist named uh, Germar Rudolph, who is now in jail. Uh, with the, the collusion of the U.S. government working with Germany because he carried out physical tests showing that what they claim about being gassed is just a bunch of lies. He's not the first one to do that, but he may have done it a little more thoroughly than others. This is what we expect from real Germans standing up for the truth and, uh, and fighting. And, and he is another hero. Like I said about McDonald, uh, Rudolph is a hero also. These are the people who stand against the tyranny of our time. And the, tyranny, the tyrants of our times are the Jews. And their, their lies and their hatred and their murder is what we are here at Koi Fire to uh, uh, bear proof against. And <clears throat> the Germans are defamed all the time in the media, very commonly defamed in, in, in British media, which, which really hates them. Uh, and, and in fact, is even more prejudicial usually than, than the Israeli media. But there's all these myths that everything, there, there's so many things that we just know that just aren't true. And you have to doubt the source. If there's anything we can teach you here at Goyfire, it's to doubt what you're told. Ask yourself whether or not the opposite is true. Because when you read the mass media, it generally is. There are generally people with incentives who are not telling you what also incentives says, are. He says that we're swamped in propaganda, and that we just repeat it over and over. And, and uh, sure. you know, with this World Soccer Cup match coming up in Germany, uh, yeah. he also well, here, said here's he would the, be going there if Iran makes it to yeah, second round beats Mexico, Portugal, and England. And uh, if he flies in there, that'll be such a spur to uh, you, know, you know the neo's over there, the neo Nazis are, are ready for action. And uh, back to the soccer thing, the Romanians uh, I read online uh, even have a choreography. Now choreography is dancing where they where they uh, made Hitler's face, I guess, in the stands or something, kind of like a wave or something. But it's pretty elaborate. And and uh, over there they've been calling uh, uh, nigger soccer players uh, monkeys. You know, they throw bananas at them. Yeah, they hoot at them. <laughs> the World Cup is, uh, what, 32 teams. And Ahmadinejad has said that if, if his country, Iran, can make it through to the uh, second round, he will very strongly consider going there to uh, to watch the game. And that would be fantastic. Because the Jews have been trying, they've been trying their usual, in their usual Jewy way, to get Germany to say, no, we're not going to allow him to come to our country and watch the World Cup like any other foreign leader would be utterly welcome. So, uh, this guy's got some balls, and he has said a lot of intelligent things. I thought that was funny. You know, first there was the setup. Of course we can talk about Germany, 60 years historical inquiry, blah, 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 from the Spiegel. And then Adinajab says, uh, you would know better than I. He says here, he, re- he mentions researchers being uh, jailed. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the Spiegel says, who's that supposed to be? Which researchers do you mean? And Amadinejad just comes right out and says, you would know this better than I. You have the list. There are people from <laughs> England, from Germany, France, yeah, and from Australia. That's uh, David Irving, Ernst Zindel, Germar Rudolph. Uh, who is the one from Switzerland? Jurgen Graf. These people are free to research and speak the truth about World War II in Iran, but not in Germany. You see, yeah. Germany is is too liberated, too democratic, too democratic yeah, and, and Jew controlled for liberty. Right. And here's the smarmy response of the Spiegel: Who would you mean? Who is that supposed to be? 
And then he calls them on it, and they say, oh, you presumably mean, for example, <laughs> the Englishman David Irving, the German-Canadian Ernst Zundel, who's on trial in Mannheim, and the Frenchman George Tile, all of whom deny the Holocaust. I mean, yeah, right there. Man. Come on. Well, you see, you see the, the average idiot, oh, the Holocaust, words are real to the average moron. He can't see that a word is just a... a a human lingual or verbal way to get at reality. So, oh, oh, well, someone used the word. It must be real. Holocaust. It must be real. What does the Holocaust mean? You know, they they don't know. They don't know any evidence about it. They're not told. They don't tell you about this stuff on Fox News. They just keep waving the flag and talking about liberty and democracy. The reality is they throw people in prison who question the Jewish lies about World War II. And Ahmadinejad is just poking at him, poking at him, poking at him. It's wonderful in this interview. You just, oh, yeah, yeah, you guys love liberty, but you like throwing people in jail even more, don't you? <laughs> oh, fuckers. I just fucking love it. It's so great to see someone who is not a white nationalist, but he has some actual political power, using it to, to fuck with these fuckers, because they need to be fucked with. They're so fucking hypocritical and full of themselves. Yeah, you, you, you're all for democracy, and you're all for freedom of speech, but you throw people in jail who say things you don't like. Yeah, yeah and that's the other part of the interview. Is, why do you need nuclear weapons? And, and he lays it out clear. He's like, look, we have every right under the law to develop nuclear power, fuckhead. I mean, it, it's just simply, and he's absolutely right. They have the right to do that. Now, Israel is the one sitting here who will never allow any international inspections, who has hundreds of nuclear weapons, who has said multiple times, we are willing to destroy everybody else in the world, and, and this fucker wants to get one to defend himself, and he's the bad guy. I mean, it's just incredible. You would think that somebody in the U.S. would have the balls to stand up and say, come on, look how we're treating these guys who are simply trying to defend themselves. But they, they are so hypocritical that the Anglo-Christian culture bequeathed to us in America is, it's reprehensible. To use one of its own favorite stupid words, not not one of my favorites, but yeah, it's just the hypocrisy, the canting, the, the worship of money. What is left in America once you get rid of these? Fear? You know, the congenital fear that someone, uh, of, of, the, of the peasant that when he wakes up, someone during the night has stolen his underwear, is, is the way men can there, there is fear. Whites are there's no, no, there's no nobility. There's no graciousness. There is, there's just palpable. It, it, it's, it's, it really, America really is a British place. If you read the British writing about the Germans in soccer, for example, and I just put some on this on the front page, you see the, just the viciousness of the fucking people. Vicious. Vicious. And this viciousness and hypocrisy is very much reflected in our attack in Iraq. We go in there and, I mean, you know, it's, it's not just me saying, I mean, we're killing people over there. And I'm not saying I give a shit about them. I, I, I'm not a Jew or, or a British who pretends to care about people I don't overly care about, but I don't particularly want people in my name murdering people. If there's going to be murders, I'll commit them. I'll decide the reason. I'll make up the cover story. I don't want people going over there and bombing the hell and killing 100,000 Iraqis or screwing up Serbia because some fucking kike thinks doesn't want any, any racially unmixed countries but Israel. Okay, I'll do that in my own name. I don't need to cant like these fucking English. And, and you, know, Alex, you say, God, what a, a rotten problem. goddamn country we are. You We've become a really, Shirley... truly rotten, vicious country. Shirley Q. Licker said she loves to have her friends over and have drinks and, and watch those little green lights going up in the air when they invade Iraq. She said they have such a good time. How you doing? This here is Shirley Q. Licker, honey. Lord, I'd be glad that war be over. I got so worried watching that on the news. 
At first, it was kind of exciting. That very first night, when uh, they called it them airstrikes that blowed up that man's house, ooh, all my neighbor ladies came over here. We commenced to drinking liquor, you know. It's thought it was going to be like 10 years ago when it was all night long. It was green things shooting in the air. Everybody be all excited and they're hollering and everything. I heard, I heard that. It was quite funny. I wish someone would do a spoof of, of white males uh, and, and their response to that and how they... Oh, God, they love it. They get a fucking heart on, man. They're almost jerking off in public. Oh, my God. Look at that tank going down the street just shooting stuff, man. We are tough. We are some tough motherfuckers, man. Look at our tanks blowing up those fucking Iraqis. Look at those fucking raghead talk tough. Raghead get knocked down. You know, that's that's what what, uh, Ann Coulter said, you know, the, the... she, she was willing. She was willing to use a slur, raghead. You know, these, these are basically cowardly people. The, uh, yeah, the well, Anglos I, who, I, who, uh, I agree with you, Alex. There is a certain guilt the by association. Jews. Guilt by association. You are an American, and then all of a sudden, wherever you are, if you're in a foreign country, they ask you, "Well, what's with George Bush? Who is the your head man, the the representative of your country? What is his politics? You know, and are you Look behind that?" Who who could be proud to be represented by George W. Bush? Christians. Yeah, that's probably about it, because yeah, he's similar and, to them. You know, it's all it's all you just say the right thing and you grin the right way, and there's no substance behind it. Yeah, but still, it's an unnatural situation. The leader should, in fact, be the best representative of our collective. So it's unnatural to be sarcastic well, about his comings and goings and doings and sayings. That's, just, I, I don't, that's I don't, cowardice. I, I personally think the best of white people, which is what we represent whites, and, and whites at their best, in my opinion, are, are not led dictatorially by one person. They're, they're decentralized. They give the other fellow his room. And they're, men can always make a distinction between honorable and moral. And what we have in America due to our, our, our Anglo-Christian heritage is just this excessive moral crusading and moralizing that's just everywhere. And, it, and of course, yes, I'm, I'm moralizing against it. That's the kind of moralism I prefer. But, you know, it's, it's whatever we do, even if we're killing you and your family, we're doing it for your benefit. You know, we're, 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 we're over there, we're spreading Christianity and we're killing people, we're bombing them. We can't just leave them alone and accept that people are different and not try to make everything better with the use of the goddamn state. There's a lot of libertarian points that are correct in that regard. And, uh, you know, good Lord, just admit to yourself, you like fucking killing them. It's the same thing in abortion. Just admit, you like killing little kids. You like having the doctor go in there and rip their little arms off and poke holes in their little heads and then yank it out of their pussy and then throw it on a pail. You like doing that. You like killing people. No reality for the Anglo-Christian crowd. No, no. We, come, we cover what we do. We dump a bunch going. of syrup on it. I swear these fuckers would scrape out the insides of windows and dump syrup on it. That, that's exactly what it is. They can't face what they're doing, so they code it with a bunch of words. And they see who the real power is and who has the money and who it pays to suck up to, and that's what they do. And that has come to define America. That kind of disgusting, currish, sniveling before power and money. He just was talking about being obsessed with Bush's comings and goings, and the latest is he may be bringing Congolizer Jane. That would be pretty funny. If it turned out to be true. If you look at photos of them together, they look pretty radiant and a touchy-feely and... Um, yeah, all of this, I don't know, all the sarcasm, the snickering and the asides, I find that just counter counter nature. Uh, 
I mean, in the old days, and if we even take this back to the smaller groups, of course you had a, a representative, a leader, um, a representative of the community, and uh, snickering and whatnot, that just wasn't allowed. That was something that endangered your own survival as, as a collective. And, well, uh, hey, the Bushies are more than happy to suppress any criticism of the president. We're, we're, our country's headed increasingly in that direction. I mean, I don't, I don't want, we don't need a president. We don't need a government solving our problems. The government creates the damn problems. It's the government that creates the subsidies for the fucking niggers to grow nigger colonies among us. If we didn't have the government forcing the fucking integration, we'd be, we'd be living on our own and have free association, and we would dissociate ourselves from African savages and the Jews who tell us they're our equals. Yeah, well, I would say they suppress the criticism without without eliminating the reasons for the criticisms, which is tyrannical. Well, how are they going to eliminate the reasons for the criticism? Uh, By actually being good leaders. (laughs) But that is beyond them because, of course, they were elected in some type of sham process uh, called democracy that that puts them above everybody else. Well, I don't know if it's necessarily a sham. I mean, people voted for, if you didn't get Bush, most people voted for Bush or Gore. I mean, they're more well, or less representative of, of, of average people in the U.S. But Hamas got elected by a majority. Bush did not. A little different. Thing. Yeah, that's true. And and the Bush, of course, we've talked about that before. I want to go as far as the the classic response of these democracy spreading nitwits. You, you vote for the wrong guy. Democracy doesn't mean voting for who you want. It means voting for who I want. I call that an allocracy. Vote for who Al tells you to vote for. Otherwise, you know, you're not representative of your own interests. Yeah, I mean, come way. on. Bush and Gore, that's that's not a choice. That's a, that's a joke. It's a choice. I mean, everything concentrates naturally, you know. Industries naturally concentrate in one or two main choices, and there's two basic ideas. And, and hey, if you want a choice, you're going to have to come up with a few billion dollars and, and buy your way into the mass media industry. Of course, the Jews won't allow you to do that. And even Ted Turner got rooked on that. But uh, you got the media and the, and the government working arm in arm. Essentially, they're different aspects of the same monster. How are you going to fight that? You can't fight it directly. You can only withdraw from it where it allows you to withdraw from it. You still have to pay taxes into it at, at every turn. And the minute you you know step too far out of line, it will come and get you. We were uh, looking on the forum this week, and we were talking about when whites will start abandoning uh, the United States, just fleeing with their money and their assets. And then someone reminded us that in the Soviet Union days, the, the communists would not allow people to just exit willy-nilly. They just put a stop oh, on it, and that will that's, probably happen. That's a, uh, Craig, that's a communist, that's a plank of uh, Marx's. That's one of Marx's ten sure. planks is no international flights of capital. <laughs> then they go try to open a, a like a start a business and open an account, and, and they'll have all kinds of uh, terror and and other questions to ask you. You know, do you plan to be doing international money transfers? Are you going to be withdrawing more than eight thousand dollars at a time? Yeah, they want to know everything about every last little penny, and know your customer <laughs> regulation. I'm like, oh, that that didn't pass. Well, you know, they still they they whether or not it passed, they still use it. Yeah, they want to know where every money is power, and they want to know where every last fennig is, and and what you plan to do with it often enough. But uh, yeah, I'll tell you something interesting I read recently was in I think it was in the Newsweek, and it was about 
the Christians have a pretty large infrastructure, not just in music, but in, uh, growingly in academia, and they and they are the ones who drove the homeschooling movement that we're so uh, we so advocated at VNN, and uh, they have their own college to handle homeschoolers called uh, what is it, Patrick Henry, but. One that also takes the homeschoolers is Liberty that was set up by Jerry Falwell, and they have one of the top debate teams. In fact, they've beaten Harvard, and they had a really obnoxious picture of the kid. His name was Bender, and I believe he was probably German and not Jew. And he was the picture was taken so as to make you think, what an arrogant little prick. But basically, their idea is they're going to they're going to create a whole bunch of lawyers and people who are really good verbally and uh, turn the system to their own ends that way. And I think that's really wise. It's sad that these are Jew co-opted conservatives, but in 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 ninety percent of the other ways, they are opposed to the culture that uh, the Jews have created through their mass media and through the public so-called, i.e., government education system. If they can um, get we, into the law schools, we don't. Well, they create their own law schools, though. I mean, they're, they're, there's already a Catholic law school that I think Monahan, the Domino's Pizza guy, created. He's now creating his own little Catholic enclave in Florida where basically everybody will be part of the, that Catholic system. And if you want to go to a public school, you're going to have to send your kids somewhere else. Well, you better believe that the Judeo-liberals do not like that. And so the, the Christians already have a lot more infrastructure and people, obviously, than we do. So it's always interesting to look and see what they're doing and, and the way they try to combat the... Uh, forces of secular humanism, since I'll never say Jews. We can adopt many of the things they do to ourselves, and homeschooling is probably at the top of that list. But also living a certain type of life, I wouldn't say Christian, but simply uh, a life that it shows self-control and values, say, blood more than money, but doesn't underrate the power of money either. That's, that's what we want to do as whites, and then come together and farm our own communities where we can speak the truth about everything. Uh, not yeah. simply uh, homosexuality and, and other small parts of it. Well, we have a, an article here. Uh, the Pope uh, has been traveling about, and I'm looking right now at vnnforum.com. We have two pictures. One is the Pope making sort of a hand signal, and behind him is a coal black priest bowing his head, and the other is a huge menorah with a star of David in the middle and the Pope sort of dwarfed by this symbol and it says Pope headline why was God silent at the Schwitz and uh, for people tuning in that is an abbreviation for Auschwitz so approved yeah, calling himself quote a son of Germany Pope Benedict but hold on Hold on, I want to make the, I want to interrupt you and make the point that I made before that you know, like so many other things, this trades on a, a body of assumed knowledge that, upon closer inspection, is not true. Why was God silent? Auschwitz? What happened at Auschwitz? Well, they gassed four million Jews there. Except no, a they didn't gas any Jews, and b there are only a few tens of thousands of Jews who died there. That's the truth. If there were even tens of thousands. So, you know, you, you, everything in the mass media trades on these stereotypes that are not true when you inspect them. But now, he says, this endless slaughter and uh, by, uh, of people who are suffering in new ways from the power of hatred. <laughs> the Jews are suffering from our little goy fire, huh? All, all the networks, everything. This is bad news. I, this, this, this is a very, I think, a very Catholic-looking pope we got now. He's, to me, he looks very crafty and very much like he would... Uh, very political, very political-looking guy. He's a shifty-eyed pope. 
Well, he's calling himself a son of Germany, and Pope Benedict prayed at the former National Socialist camp of Schwitz on Sunday and yeah, asked and why, why God was silent when 1.5, now this is 1.5, not 4.0 yeah, uh-huh. million victims, mostly Jews now, not all Jews, died in this quote, why, why? valley of darkness. Uh, Auschwitz no, being... Uh, Auschwitz is an old Polish town where Jews like to enslave white women and uh, sell them into sexual uh, servitude. So that's kind of the backdrop there at Auschwitz. And yeah, oh, today they're admitting that there are only 1.5 million. That's down from 4 million. Uh, the actual truth is there are a few tens of thousands who died there. And this is this is, uh, truth is established in Soviet and Red Cross records. And Jews were uh, were uh, some portion of that. Um, but uh, most of them died from disease. They weren't gassed. There was no gassing. It's just a big lie. And if you think I'm lying about that, this. then let me tell you, I'm not a liar, A, and B, it's it's proved. They throw people in jail for telling you the truth about what happened at Auschwitz. But the Pope, being a Catholic, finds it politic to play along with the scam. And you, you can't really expect too much from Catholics, not much more than you can expect from Englishmen when it comes well, to this well, sort this of part stuff. part is what Christ said on the cross. Well, what, why, Lord, did you... Uh... What was it? Uh, why has my father? Oh, my father! Why have you forsaken? Why hast thou forsaken me? Why has thou? Yeah. Hey, you know, if, if Jesus came back from the dead, then hell, sure, four million were gassed. Whatever. Facts have no meaning. Reality doesn't matter. You just make it up as you go along. It's like called. It's called faith. Do. Yeah, have faith. It's you would need faith if it could be established. Everywhere. If you could prove it, you would need to lie about it. If you believe right? the head Jew, why aren't you going to believe the other one? If you believe it, Jerry, it's not a lie. You why may you recall that from Seinfeld. Talk about the white people that got killed there. You know, how about that? Uh, some people are more important than others, and if Jews are people, they're they're more important than the non-Jews. Yeah, think about it. A they lie? have the right to make up lies about themselves. Here's think a fact: Auschwitz had a swimming pool. It had a brothel. It had, you know, a, a hospital. You know, why, why, if the Germans are so bent on killing people, why do they have hospitals to fix them up again? Yeah. I mean, if, if American people weren't so steeped in English and Christian stupidity, they could think themselves to some of the conclusions we come up with here in Goy. It's not really that hard to figure out. Look, if they're going to kill people, they would have fucking killed them. It's not that hard to kill people. You shoot them in the head. Right? You go 50 years, 100 years, 1,000 years. <laughs> That's really sounds stupid, you know. I, I think it's you know well, a criticism of Darwin's theory is that there's no there's no criterion for measuring fitness. But I'd like to propose believing in the Holocaust is a perfect criterion of evolutionary fitness. If you're so much of a sucker that you believe that six million Jews were killed, you you and your line ought to perish from this earth. And I, I honestly, <laughs> I have not been writing a lot lately, and that's one reason. I've said a lot of what I had to say. And I, I feel at a certain point you're repetitive. You're simply cycling. And everything I've said is written in there online, and you can read it. And you know what? I build my own goddamn strain of humanity. And it's going to be a strain that is free of illusions about Jews. And it doesn't. And, and that's what the Jews are, are forced on us, forced evolution. And I encourage you to join my strain and evolve away from the suckers that would believe something as obviously ridiculous as the lie of the six million. Yeah, well, think about it, uh, Alex. To come back to the Seinfeld comment, really, a lie is only that with which you've become delusioned with. You you've distanced yourself from a 
Hmm. Assumed fact. You guys, there are teenage girls on well, MySpace.com who say that they have an interest in the, in the Holocaust as part of their little bios. We've laughed about it on VNInform.com. I mean, it, it's a quasi-religion. You know, Oprah talks about it, Katie talks about it, Wolfie talks about it. It's just everywhere. You can't even escape it. You'll see a lot of average females who are very interested in serial murders, and they have a sort of a, I don't know what the psychological reason for that is, but I've seen a lot of that in... in the last, well, uh, and then there's Anne Rice so. who wrote about vampires, and, and now she's writing about Christianity. So she's on Fox, and and one of the one of the hosts there was saying, "What a great writer she is, and how she's really done a lot." She she was she was uh, running down uh, the the new movie uh, with Tom Hanks, but yeah, you're able to reconstruct yourself so quickly in uh, with American media. Anne Rice became a Christian, didn't she? I think. She was I've a never Catholic, read. but I mean, she wrote vampire books, <laughs> which women were fascinated with, and then she decided that yeah. it was uh, demonic, and she switched to writing about Christ. She wrote there, one book yeah. about Christ. <laughs> she's the now that, hero of the circuit. That's a woman who knows how to plot a career. <laughs> she yeah, saw how much the left, behind, the left behind rapture shit was making, and she moved into a, a more fertile line. I'm being cynical. I, I, no, I haven't read any Anne Rice. I, I'm not too. I'm not really into vampires. I like werewolves a little bit. Werewolves are a little bit more interesting to me. But American media does this with all of these. Is that Americans are so fascinated with time after time? They just all. Reinvent- don't you think werewolves are inherently more interesting than vampires? Or are they just more pitiful? Dr. McDonald wrote special things on wolves. He studied wolves, was an expert. I don't know about wolves. If someone asked, why are vampires so darn well-groomed? Well, I think they're more seducers than uh, executors. Or, uh, you know, E. Michael Jones is a whole long thing. He actually wrote a horror biography that, that talks about it, the Shelleys and Frankenstein, the birth of that whole genre, and his idea is that it's all a cover for syphilis and its effects, which couldn't be discussed openly. And, of course, syphilis wasn't solved until the first half of the 20th century. And although E. Michael Jones, I, I personally suspect, is, is, is kind of angry about that uh, because I, it, it prevents him from tut-tutting. But he makes a lot of good points. But anyway, you know, this, this I mean, how many goddamn pictures do I have to see of the Pope, you know, Here's the little, the little teeny. Here's a picture we got on the forum, vnnforum.com. You go ahead and join it. We got like five thousand <laughs> people on there, I think, or members. And, and here's here's the picture is dominated by this gigantic, I mean, uh, ugly candelabra that the Jews use, uh, and and it, it's got about fifteen. It, it could be out of a. And here's a little tiny pope on the far right. Film. Yeah, it's, it's just brandishing this ugly, ugly multi-candle holder. <laughs> And uh, the, the shifty-eyed Pope, and the, this Pope has written some intelligent stuff, if you're reading it, but, I mean, he's shifty-eyed, he's political, I mean, these, like I said, you know, the only Jew that the, the, the Christians don't fear is Jesus, and they will forsake him in a minute to suck up to their Jewish masters. Why is the, Jew, the Pope dressed in white? Why is the Pope's hair white? Because about 15 kikes just came in his head. Is that a joke? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, well, I that's mean, an obscene joke that you're not going to get on Fox News, but you will get here, Dora Fire. What? What? Yeah, they cut those jokes out before they're uh, aired. I'm so sick. I'd like to see one Catholic get up there and say, you know what? The, the factual truth is we helped you sorry ass people during World War II, but God damn it, we should have joined the Nazis and just simply exterminated you because that's what you deserve. We should have done to you. We should have tacked you all up like you tacked up Jesus, you sorry bastards. 
But well, I don't expect to hear any popes say that in my lifetime. I'm tired of seeing American women are so fat and ugly. If the Nazis would have won, we'd had a lot of beauties with eugenics. Yeah, I mean, that's right. Those are beautiful blonde Aryans that look like moths. Imagine the horror of a Europe filled with with white people. Imagine I know it's, it's hard. It's not easy. It's hard. It's hard to imagine. I mean, with the beauty of the Muslims and, you know, their burkhead women and the, the beauty of the sneering, hook-nosed Jews and their media. I mean, how awful to think of a Europe without Muslims and Jews. Hey, let's not forget the bug-eyed niggeroos. Niggeroos? Is that a cereal for now for children? <laughs> Niggeroos, it's like Cheerios, but they're they're dark and sugary. <laughs> yeah, think of the bug-eyed, orchistic niggeroos ever present uh, in a post-Nazi uh, era. Aren't we lucky for that? Libertarians are always talking about uh, Jefferson, you know, as if he's there, you know, and he called them orangutans. Orangutans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, see, we're already sliding into the. TNB section of the program. Shizzle, my niggas, it's time for the TNB section of our program. Uh, here we have a, a story, um, one uh, William Jefferson, no less, even taking on the last name of the founder. I'm sure he has a more appropriate African name, perhaps. Abu Jami or something <laughs> similar. Here we have the FBI executed a search warrant to raid Jefferson's office Saturday night as part of a bribery investigation against the congressman. An affidavit filed in court to obtain the search warrant says agents had videotaped Jefferson last summer taking 100000 in bribe money as, and agents had found 90,000 of that cash in a freezer in his Washington apartment. It's better than a headless body. <laughs> I, I don't know if there are any nigger politicians who aren't criminals. It seems like to me they're only ones who haven't been caught yet. Because it, it, they're, they're, it's like an overripe banana. And anywhere you push it, they're squishy. There's never anything solid and, and uh, principled and respectable when you deal with a nigger politician. doesn't matter which party. That's what, one of the lessons here in Goyfire is don't be taken in by parties. I mean, those are just cover stories and words. The, the number of people who even understand the principles their party is supposed to be based on are, are very small. And the number of people who won't sell those out is even smaller. And so it's all just basically a scam where you've got people... It's for the political interest of a people. That's what a party is supposed to be, right? Common right, that's a, well, a it, very important uh, uh, task requiring in, very respectable personages. In, I think in English countries more than, say, in probably German countries, uh, at least I was struck by this when I was in Germany, is how much more serious it was over there. And I don't necessarily mean that in a good way, but I mean that in a descriptive way in, in that over there... I think in the Anglophone countries, the personality is far bigger and, and matters more than the principles. English has always been very empirical. You test it out. You see if it works. Whatever works, you go with it. You don't worry about any theoretical or principle justification. You just you try to figure out what works and go with it. Where in Germany, people sign up for a slate of ideas, and that's what they're voting for. 
and it would it would seem to be simpler that way. But uh, democracy tends to go toward the the personal and the large personalities and then the flashiness rather than the uh, principled position. Well, the Germans, the, the, German, the Germans are getting spinned like everyone else in democracy, but. Well, the, 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 yeah, the dominant power, the, the, the Judeo-Anglosphere, is, is trying to make them more like Germany, more like yeah. England and the U.S., and make them in both economically and politically more yeah, well, personality. Ultimately, the natural, the natural power structures are familiar. That means they're race-based. They're, they're like a family. So it would be the same thing as ripping your family off. It's just hey, something you're not going to do. Check, check out this Nugs or Chillins. Jamila, Jalila, Jelani, Naila, and lastly, Akila. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Akila. <laughs> what a, he's, he's got my vote. It takes a lot of nerve to call your kid Akila. <laughs> <laughs> Where is this? I'm trying, is this on that one report on the uh, Seattle yeah, Times one? Yeah, the guy, oh, good the guy looks like uh, here. There's Tim B. Mega Congressman hides bribe money, 90k in prison, and he looks like Ted Williams, you know the guy on Fox. Uh -huh. Oh, good. Uh, there's a lot going on here that a lot of people <laughs> are not considering. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this is a very serious matter, and and uh, he, he himself sounds like uh, the guy on Amos and Andy. But Ted Williams. And this this comes from Louisiana. Yeah. And, who was it that tried to bribe him, though? Craig, who t who's trying to bribe him to what purpose? Uh, was it Nigerians or Kenyans? He was, no, it was a Kentucky telecommunications company. It's in one of these stories. And that, that was a funny thing. If it was Nigeria, it makes it funnier because, of course, uh, Mayweather's on Solar General has that uh, uh, scam of the, uh, what do you call it, the, uh, the, those email circulators from Nigeria. Anyway, it's some funny African country, and naturally Jefferson has a natural in with him. Maybe you could find the link, Aegis. It's worth taking a look at what country he was taking the bribes from the telecommunications to contact. Contact your relatives back home in the Freca for us, and we'll pay you this money. <laughs> well, they taped him. This is like ab scam, if you remember that back in the seventies, sure, yeah. where they where they basically they up. set him up, pretending to be Arabs, trying to bribe him, and this groid took hundred thousand in bribe money, and they got him on tape. Um, yeah, now the the impression I got while reading this article was, of course, you're fighting the reporter for the story. It's almost as if they defend him, even though he's been convicted for taking bribes, that his statement comes out, he wanted to pay for his children, or what What was his excuse for taking that $100,000 bribe, $100, bribe, something like uh it was all for the kids. So this is yeah. what what you get as a reader is that he's inherently respectable, but somehow got taken down. Uh, Bush sure. Bush uh, made a 45-day. Uh, there's supposedly a crisis between one of the two of the three branches of government, the executive and the legislative, because Bush sent the FBI in here. I, I don't quite see that, but anyway, Bush called for a 45-day cooling off period. Maybe that's what we need in the Iraq war. Yeah, well, this brings <laughs> us to a second uh, TNV. The sniper's plan kills six whites a day for 30 days. And I quote here, wow. one of the two snipers who murdered 10 people in a killing spree that terrorized Washington has revealed their plans to kill hundreds of children, policemen, and rescue workers in an attempt to shut down cities across the country. 
John Allen Muhammad, 45, and his accomplice, Lee Boyd Malvo, brought America's capital to a standstill in 2002 as they picked off white targets at patrol stations and shops in the city's prosperous suburbs. Malvo testified that Muhammad, driven by hatred of America because of its, quote, slavery, hypocrisy, and foreign policy, and his belief that, quote, the white man is the devil, planned to kill six whites a day for 30 days. Uh, Malvo alleged that Muhammad had said, we are going to Washington, D.C. area, and we are going to terrorize these people. Yeah, they were homosexuals, too. They, the people had seen him kissing. And that guy uh, at that lighthouse mission up there in uh, uh, Washington, where they were staying, he contacted the FBI a month after 9-1-1 and said, there's something up with this guy. So of all of these things we've learned about this pair, let's remember everything that they're not in the media. They're not homosexual or gay killers. They're not gay killers. They're not uh, Muslim terrorists, despite the fact that he was a black Muslim. And uh, they're not hate crimers. All of these things they are not. And remember, too, that uh, they had tips on these guys almost immediately after they got going that the nigger police chief named Moose subsequently departed, uh, refused to countenance because he wanted to believe that it was whites doing this. And he rejected evidence to follow his theory that it was white men doing this. And that's not the first or last time that that has happened in America. And, of course, that, is, that is non-stop. laid down. It, they were slamming white men on the pavement right and left, white men in white vans. And that was Jack yeah. Levin, the Jew expert. He's available for consultation, by the way, if you need Jack Levin to come. It's on his website. <laughs> Yeah, he's a kike up in the Northeast somewhere at one of these bogus centers. His, credi his credibility hasn't taken a dent at all after this? Oh, hell no, he's a Jew. What are you talking about? Probably yeah, not. A Jew is a universal accreditation. It means you're an expert on everything, especially hate. So him being wrong about this just, just doesn't mean anything? Nope. Hey, why don't they quote us as experts on Jews? We know more about Jews than they know about white nationalists. All it means is the more fool they, as Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Well, they know where the the bread is butter. They know who has the power. And uh, the, his tune they sing, that's a very English. Very English of them. Yeah, well, let's give Shakespeare sure I'm talking about it in particular. Let's give Shakespeare credit. He did write The Merchant of Venice. You know, that anti-Semite he was. Yeah, that's true. He mo I mocking mean, the Jews claim to be the same as, as other people. Of course, it's never taught that way. In class, it's always taught that he is standing up for the for the humanity of the Jew and with the prickles do we not bleed you know he but but he's not he's clearly mocking the Jew in that yeah, but it is never taught that way yeah I would only like well again Shakespeare nails the Jew in the Merchant of Venice with Shylock so uh, he will of course be hated and uh, removed from any type of uh, syllabus that you may uh, well, they pretty much have to remove any writer who's ever dealt with the Jews because they all see the same thing and criticize them. You're not going to find any great writers who praise the Jews as these wonderful people that we're lucky to have among us. Yeah, isn't it so. great that we have a burgeoning uh, black uh, American studies department to fill in that void of anti-Semites? Well, you know, they they meant new literary heroes. They they, you know, that Maya Angelou and and. Uh, Zora Neale Hurston and Toni Morrison, and these are any black you can write. You know, even a a, a pulp novel is basically going to be accredited as a great literature, a great liter literati. 
Yeah, those are the substitutes <laughs> for uh, anti-Semites like Voltaire and uh, uh, Balzac and uh, Shakespeare. Well, as they politicize the academy, they fill it with politicians and non-intellectuals. They have to have fear that they can understand and teach, and, and that's and, and, and that way they kill the academy. That's how they do it. They they get rid of stuff that's hard and worthwhile and replace it with mediocre political stuff. Yeah, well, this leads right into our Pomona College magazine uh, uproar that, um, and also the... The, the question uh, of whether college is a scam. Is a scam, right. It's being debated right now on uh, GoVNN.com uh, yes. under the, the, the rubric Pomona College Magazine. Now, on this, uh, you sort of uh, trailblazed or yeah, yeah. blew the whistle on Pomona, uh, well, and it's but, just but it's raging. Not, it happened to be about Pomona, but it, it's not really Pomona-specific, because I could take an alumni magazine from virtually any college and find the same type of story and make the same type of point about those stories. Every University of USA. Isn't that great news? It is. I mean, it. it I, I read... Uh, I'm an aficionado of alumni magazines. I grab them wherever I find them, and I read them, and it's, it's, it just reminds me of how, how grateful I am not to be in that environment, although a, a, a roughly similar one obtains in, in the world at large is something I didn't understand when I was in college. Um, the college is no different from the real world in that sense. The same political powers and the same uh, ideology uh, covers everything. But my point is that you're at college... You know, what do you get when you buy a new car? I mean, you spend $30,000 and you get, you know, a pickup truck. Is it worth it? Well, to me, obviously, no, it's not worth it. What do you get when you spend, you know, $40,000 for a year at Duke? Is it, is it worth it? What are you taught? Well, it's not worth it. Oh, you know, your earnings are higher if you go to college. Well, I mean, there may be a correlation, but there's no necessary cause there. My argument is that the vast majority of people would be ahead simply to go to work and save money and own two houses and have them paid off by the time they're, say, 26 if they start at 16 than they would to fuck around for four years and uh, get a degree in something that's essentially worthless. Now, I've made these points many times on Goyfar, but my point is that the number of people going to college has vastly expanded. It, it went up something like fourfold between 1940, say, and 1970, so that whereas literally genetically, in terms of intelligence, only 10 to 15 percent of the population is capable of actual college material, so that the vast multiplication of institutions calling themselves colleges or universities does not change that fact, but it, it rather simply becomes uh, another four years of uh, high school or even or junior high level material that's called college material. And, and even when it's real college material, what are you being taught? You're usually being taught some, something derived ultimately from Marx. And so why do you pay your enemy to teach you or your kid something that isn't true? That is insane. Yeah, well, to come back again to this 10 to 15% of the population, which you mentioned, in, with my uh, familiarity with the European system, that's absolutely true. In fact, the uni university is only for two types of people. One, for the type of person that will propagate the educational system as teachers, be they, uh, uh, you know, regular teachers or secondary education. And thirdly, for research. That is, yeah. people mm -hmm. on the cutting edge of knowledge itself. And of course, this is a very 
very small fraction. So you're absolutely right. The university itself is only for these types of people. One, the propagation of the educational system, and two, for research. And these <laughs> are extremely specialized yeah. departments. If you have something to do in life, college is a waste of time. If you have goals as an artist or whatever, college is a waste of time. If you need to become a lawyer, then you might have you have to go maybe through grad school. There's still cheaper ways of doing it. I'm not saying it's absolutely wrong to do, but there are cheaper ways of doing almost everything. But if you're going to go and, and major in English and be taught a bunch of political hackery by some third-grade professor, what's the point? You're wasting time. You'd be better spent going to work and saving money and liberating yourself because ultimately you are going to need to have a house that's paid off to have any measure of independence and freedom or whatever, whatever is left in America for you to have can only be had once you have that money. And, and yeah, they put out the cover story that you're going to make more if you go to college, but that is not necessarily true. And in many cases, it's the reverse of the truth because you've gone so far into debt. If you're $100,000 into debt, you know, you're, you're, oh, I have an English degree from Wichita State, or I have a communications degree from upper northeastern Nebraska. What the fuck does it doesn't mean anything. It's not going to help you get hired. Well, if you're a non-white, it's an imprimatur to be handed a corporate or a governmental job for essentially Yeah, they've, they've now got basically life tracks for incompetent coloreds yeah, uh, that well, guarantee them middle-class employment and middle-class income. But that doesn't pertain to us listening to Goyfire. We, yeah, unless we're going to get a return on it, we have to look at it like any other investment of money. What do I get from this? If I pay them 75 cents, they give me a candy bar. Okay, yeah. that may or may not be good, but it's something. But yeah, well, first college, off, people never think of it in those terms, and they should. Yeah, what do you well, get from it? You listen to some fucking kike. You're paying him tens of thousands of dollars a year to be told a bunch of fucking kike-serving lies. You are a fool to do that. Yeah, well, first of all, I would recommend all of our listeners that are entering into this phase of their lives to audit the college itself. Learn, you know, sit in on the classes and learn how it works. Learn how they get into the the different jobs or, or get tipped off on jobs and whatnot and see if you can just get in on that angle without paying for it at all. Study the college. Don't study in college. And, Figure out and how the system works. You can often acquire knowledge in bits and pieces and and example I would use is uh, my parents paid like 400 bucks and I got an intensive German course during uh, a summer. We did about three hours a day for about, I don't know, I think like 12 weeks or something or nine nine or 12 weeks. I really did learn a lot of German at a reasonable price. That's a trade-off. Whereas if I go to Pomona and they pay, you know, at that point it's probably 10 or 12,000 a year. Now it's probably at least double that. You know, that's 20 years ago now. Um, what do you get? I got virtually nothing. Well, what do, what do I do? I, I write stuff on VNN. Well, what do, where do I get the stuff that I write? Well, it ain't from what I learned at Pomona. All that money spent, and what to what end? The stuff I use is stuff that I read on my own because they don't teach the good stuff in those, in those colleges. So unless you're getting a hard science degree or something where the knowledge is more or less you can't fake it, why do you want to pay to be taught a bunch of lies? I mean, God damn, go buy a newspaper and learn the lies. I mean, you can't grow up in this society without knowing the cover story. Colleges is yep. going to teach you more of the cover story. You don't need to learn that. You don't need to pay to learn that. Go fucking work at Domino's. Save your yeah, money. Well, in a certain sense, it is accreditation for the bureaucracy of the ruling elite. Even if well, there are lies, you have to be well rehearsed in those lies. 
Uh, but again, you can learn that on the job if you want to go that direction. But why anyone would want to work for some aspect of the state is, to me, incomprehensible. You've only got right. one life. You don't have, and there's no afterlife. You know, if you're bored, I mean, fucking don't do it. Yeah. Go. Well, the state, the state is only one aspect. The others are, I guess, real qualifications, like going into accounting or law, where you do have to qualify a certain course. Sure. But and those, those where the valid. curriculum. <laughs> yeah, but the curriculum itself is is more or less lies or misconceptions of law and well, and, what, and business practice. Yeah, what, what, business to refine what I'm saying, I'm talking about liberal arts essentially, the stuff that I know, and and you know, accounting or law you have, or medicine you have, or engineering the hard sciences you have more or less formal bodies of knowledge that there is some value in learning, and that obviously you can't get around that privately, but even within that. Even with that said, there are still ways you can obtain that knowledge more cheaply than many people do, and, and you've got to look into that. But within the scope of liberal arts, i.e., the stuff that I like that I think is most important, uh, college very, very definitely is a scam. And, it, you know, you're not, you shouldn't be paying people to teach you shit that isn't true. It's the Sheminsky box, uh, or the, the Callahan box and, of the Sheminsky part. And, you know, I got my degree, but why? Hey, I was a dumb kid, and no one told me. I'm telling you. I'm telling you what no one told me, that, look, you're just going to be paying. Hey, I had fun, but I had fun writing for the paper and playing basketball. <clears throat> I was not a partier. I didn't, uh, I didn't really deal with women. I didn't drink at, the, at that point. I was a little bit different person back then, and, and I, was, I didn't have a, you know, a background of partying at all. But that's what a lot of people really use college to do is just simply party for four years. And, hey, if you want to do that, go ahead. But if you want to learn in liberal arts, college is largely a waste of time unless yeah, you very, are very, very careful where you go and which students you learn from. Yeah, it's I, a distraction. It's a I, distraction I, I, from the well, essentials. Yeah, yeah, it is. Because it's not, it's not even sure it's negative because A, you're wasting time, and B, you're learning stuff that isn't true. You're reading the wrong people. If there's any good left out there, it's either in some great books program or it's probably in one of these uh, colleges, like I said, set up to serve the Christians. Because although you get a bunch of their slop, you'll also get at least respect for rigor and for people who genuinely have something to say, whether or not they're white nationalists. So that's, that would be my recommendation, but I could never recommend paying the money to that something like Pomona or Duke or Harvard or something like that charges. No way. It's yeah, not worth well, it's, it. la it's largely rigged due to two uh, factors. One is you have to enroll in order to get financial aid, which yeah. basically brings you into debt and I'm buys you, you four years. Up. And the second is perhaps <laughs> even using the finances of your parents who are under the false impression that you would be better off by going to these places. Here, here's the thing. The middle class parents, care, they don't care about ideas. They're just they're buying the name. They're, you've got to have a college education to get ahead. got to have it. Just like they believe everything else is something they picked up from the mass media. They have no idea whether it's actually true. They've never thought about it. They probably wouldn't know how to begin to think about it. It's just something, well, everybody knows you've got to go to college. Everybody knows you've got to have a college education. They're not intellectuals. They, they're not thoughtful. That's just what they believe, and they, they save their money so their kids can do that. But the, the point you made about loans is that you can't teach the truth about race that we discuss here in Goyfire in a college because they all take students who have federal loans, 
And that, and when once you take that, once they got their nose under the tent, once they got the, the camel under there, uh, the rest of the federal ideology that we we despise comes along with it. And there's only one or two nationwide that refuse to accept uh, any kind of federal aid. And one of those is Hillsdale College, and that is completely controlled by slavishly Judeophilic Christians. So even though they may have some good stuff in their curriculum, they're completely uh, kike dick-sucking fuckers in Hillsdale and with all the Christian disgustingness and, and hypocrisy implied in that if, 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 you, if you know about the scandals there where they had a, their, their ex-president was involved in a lot of sexual scandals it's ordinary that's Christian Michigan, hypocrisy that's yeah that's, a, that's Hillsdale in, in Michigan it's one of the more known conservative ones and then there's one other college that doesn't accept them and I, I don't even remember the name of it but the rest of them are all going to take federal money in the form of grants to their students and loans to their students and they're all going to push the federal line. Colleges always slavishly push the line of the government, whether the government is Nazi or, or whether it's Jewish. It's just that's the nature of the beast. You're getting well, people who are... a lot of foreign students to take the places anyway, so America's... Yeah, and, 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 that, and that's part, as part of globalization. They're, they're letting yeah. in all these foreigners on favorable terms, usually, to uh, take a lot of the slots in the, in the few programs that are actually worthwhile, like the engineering and stuff. Right, they waive tuition and give subsidized housing, et cetera. Well, we actually yeah. had one of the Taliban chiefs in, in Harvard or Yale, I guess, and they track him down with cameras. I'm surprised the Jews yeah, they catch him there quicker. And know. these are favored over, over Americans who, who, who want to learn engineering and, and, and supply the native talent. It's part of creating a, a global leveling, essentially. So I guess the upshot of it is you, you have to think really clearly about what you're buying and why you're buying it and what you expect to get out of what, what it is because it's very hazy. You know, if you buy a house, even if you go into debt, which I don't recommend, at least you can see what you're getting. You're getting, you know, I can live in here. Even if I'm overpaying or I end up losing the mortgage or whatever, I, I'm, I have something I can get some use out of. With college, it's, it's much hazier. And I can't overemphasize that you only have a limited amount of physical energy in life, and your energy is, is absolutely strongest when you're in your, you know, your, your late teens and your early 20s. You've got more energy than you will ever have. And I can't help but think that the college the way it is today is structured in part simply to waste time. The average time spent by people in college these days is closer to five years and four, I believe. And, you know, go waste your time. Be dissolute. Screw a bunch of women and, and contract, you know, HPV and the rest, of the rest of this crap that may scar you so you can't have kids later in life and drink and have fun. Hey, you know, it is fun. But it also has consequences. I can't help but see that a lot of it is just to, to, to waste Arians' minds and to waste their time. And, and, and of course, cash in on their money. Of, and, and they and, take uh, the money from their parents, their, their, their parents who are watching Fox News and then paying for their kids to go to these liberal schools. I mean, sometimes I wonder if magazine. white people are able to think. Yeah, well, they it, not article, only, it not only robs the, the liberals that you're, you're mentioning, but it enslaves the poor that actually have to take loans at interest to get the same amount of crap. So well, it's a win-win situation. What, what I'm telling you is, like, you go into any job in, in America, and you may start at the bottom. If you have anything, anything, anything on the ball, you will get ahead fairly quickly. <laughs> All you have to do is control your behavior, control your, your needs, which are really crazy appetites, and save your money and get ahead. That's how you do it. You know, the idea that you need a college education, I mean, let me tell you, 
there's a lot of things to be said against corporate life, but I mean, at least in corporate life, people actually have to fucking do something to make some money, and there's more freedom involved. In college, what you do in liberal arts is you write papers hoping to placate or somehow appease or appeal to the professor, basically by repeating his words in some different form, or at least his ideology, and it's just... It's it's sickening. It's soul killing. And, For uh, whites to control their behavior in this kind of milieu is very difficult, and and it's unreasonable to expect them to control their behavior with this kind of chaos in in our institutions. Yeah, I, I just chaos. think college professors in general are passive, and and the best ones like McDonald are wonderful, but they are so few and far between. The average one, he he is he's basically. He's there because he gets a lot of time off. He can do his own bogus research, which is usually worthless. And he is going to preach to the students and uh, uh, maybe get a few female groupies if he's lucky. And that's what he's there for. And he doesn't want to hear from you and your opinion. And, and if it disagrees with him or creates any problem, hey, fuck you. And that's why they hate business so much, because in business you actually have to produce stuff. It may not be very high level a lot of time, but there's, there's deadlines. You've got to produce it. You've got to keep going. If you can make money, people are open to it. It's much more spirited and freewheeling. I, I, I personally preferred, uh, when I work corporate, I preferred that to academia at least 10 to 1. Academia is fucking, it's, it's like if you've ever been in a dead lake where there's fucking no movement and just a bunch of leaks on the bottom. Just lazy fuckers who do... You know, if they if they actually had to fucking do something, they would be hard, hard tested. But all they want to do is write a paper every few years, and it's usually wrong and misguided, and they want to demand more money. That's all academics ever really do is just demand more money and less responsibility. So I, Supposedly, I, the, the, the big business model now is for companies to source out everything except the track to upper-level management. And as that becomes increasingly so, then people... you got to remember, though, that most business is not big business. That's just what the, no. the, the writers write about. Most business is small business, and yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's, it demands a lot of you. Business can be quite artistic. I mean, it's... Uh, <coughs> but it should be, obviously, subordinated to the, to the nation, the interest of the nation. But these days, the, the Jewish nation is the one that controls, and they want, you know, they want a global playing field where we got to compete with China... <laughs> With, with its slaves, which is not fair to just average Americans, but of course the country's not running their interest anymore. There's the marketing of business, which is basically bullshit, uh, putting a Shalinsky part that's in the Callahan box. And then there's the, uh, again, uh, the old Socratic uh, criticism of teachers actually being paid to impart knowledge, as we see in the Internet and also with open source software, usually the best software is produced by people who aren't interested financially in producing that software, or as we see in academia, those that aren't interested financially in producing a certain curriculum. So colleges themselves are sort of scam centrals in that they are highly monetary. What I mean is, if, if, if you have something to do, what I mean by that is if you're really good at something and, and you, you, that's what you're going to do with your life, and a lot of times you'll find college doesn't figure in. And look at Bill Gates. I mean, he was, he was <coughs> writing code and designing stuff and, and, and uh, had all kinds of ideas. And what, what the fuck does he need Harvard for? He doesn't. That's why he dropped out. And what did what, what did Mencken do? Mencken never went to college. If you got to co- college, will not make you a better writer. It will make you a worse writer. 
unless your unless your intent is to do papers like the professors do, in which it'll it'll teach you the proper professional form of that. But otherwise, it will simply teach you that that learning stuff is really boring, and you have to write it to a certain length, regardless of what you actually want to write. And if you try anything clever or funny, uh, they will shit on you. And of course, since they're the professor, their opinion matters, and there's no objective. It's not like shooting a basket in basketball, where you have an objective measure whether or not the shot goes in. In college, what the professor says goes. If he doesn't like what you did, it's no good. And what kind of that, that's what's wrong with academia. In, in the corporate world, at least you have some kind of objective check and balance. But in, in bureaucratic or government stuff, you have no check or balance at all. It's just exist. Go, governments existed to, to, to set up bureaucracies which spend money so that they can justify asking for more money next year. It's just it's sick. But it provides good living to a lot of people, and that's why it's always there and it's always growing. And it would be even if even if uh, even if white nationalists control the country, the, the the it's something that can't be really fully rooted out. But but um, I, I would encourage people to uh, if you got some passion ability to do something. Good Lord, with the internet, you can quickly find the very best people in your line and study what they do and go to them for advice. That's how you do it. I wish the internet had been around when I was in college, but it it really wasn't back then. Email was just kind of getting started. That was back in the 80s. You, well, you wrote a, a, a very long article about this magazine yeah. you got. I guess it was Pomona. And one of the funnier uh, quotes here, a third family profile is two grinning lesbians and their son, the well-named Marcia Hams, 69, <laughs> is one of them. And she and her little brewer were apparently the first to take advantage of the Massachusetts law, Massachusetts law enshrining the fiction that women can marry women. Yeah. Well, this was uh, uh, alumni magazine is aimed to draw money out of the uh, the graduates, and Pomona graduates are generally very highly accepted at grad school. So they go on and they become doctors and lawyers, and they make a bunch of money. But the cover story in this case was, you know, it's all about family, and of course the the four examples they cite are all non-traditional. But who are we to say what a family is? It's obviously not a husband and wife and kids, it's, it's two lesbians and a kid, or it's a white woman who adopts a bunch of Mexicans and other assorted colored refuse, or it's, uh, you know, what were the other examples? Oh, one woman whose kid was a... An autistic. <laughs> I mean, it's... Like me yeah, or Girl, she, I won't say anything against her. Uh, I, I knew her a little bit. She was, she was inoffensive. I don't know anything against her character, but she had an autistic kid. And it was about her struggle with her husband raising that kid. You know, the only time you have a normal white family, of course, they have some problem with their offspring. Autistic kids, it's just like bedwetters and ads or whatever. It's always, that's where they show the white males. I mean, and it doesn't matter. It's not just on TV. I was reading a, a stupid uh, crime novel, and I read two or three of them a year. The characterization is always exactly the same as on TV. Not, by page two, they're going into the, the blonde cop is angry because he believes he's being discriminated against in affirmative action. He's depicted as though you know, he's not really the very smart, and his, his feelings of injury are basically baseless. But my point is, anytime there's a negative to be depicted, why, that's where the, uh, the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white male pops up, and in no other circumstance. The happy well just ones are always the faggots and the colors. It's so fucking Money magazine. Uh, yeah. I, I was reading the Costco, the, the Costco annual publication or, or monthly publication for business members, and they have the immigrant success stories on the con on the cover. It, it's just the same all over. There's one set of stereotypes, and it, it obtains across all media and through all sectors of society. And, and anyone who doesn't 
<laughs> he sees what a joke it is. Well, it's just simply not acknowledged that it's a joke. Uniformly, they press lies on us. I mean, I pretty much took every every article on that issue and, and pointed out what they're doing, and I will continue to do that. The Pomona College Alumni Magazine comes out three times a year, and uh, I'll, I will do that every single time it comes out. It, it is Pomona, but it could be any other school because they, yeah, well, they all, it's the same thing. It's, it's very much a milieu. This uh, The people who end up administering colleges very much think alike. And they're they're super they're they're hyper semitically correct. Yeah, well, it was a very enjoyable read, as as is evidenced by the many comments that this. Uh, well, I I can't lie that you wrote. Yeah, received. Mm-hmm. I put some humor in it because I mean it's just so it's so from one perspective it's so ridiculous. I always felt when I was walking across Pomona's camp, I'd be like, I hope someone is looking down and seeing how fucking ridiculous this all is. I mean, it, it, it really, it's so perverse. The wrong things are appreciated and celebrated. I mean, the absolute flipping of what ought to be appreciated and, and accepted and, and, and praised. And, and it's, you know, here it is 20 years later. Things haven't budged one inch. They're worse. And so, you know, don't be like I was and not really and know what you're getting into. Listen to what I'm saying and think about it. And when, you, when you're going to put down that money, maybe you talk to parents and say, look, instead of wasting this money in my education, why don't you give me this money and um, stick it in the bank or buy a house outright with it? I, I'm just suggesting to you that many times either you don't need any college education or you can buy it cheaper in bits and pieces here and there, especially using the Internet to find the right teachers and the right, right. material. If you can you establish... the girls and Swiss francs first. And the, the pop that the, the Jew Bloom, Jew Alan Bloom wrote in the Closing of the American Mind, a big bestseller back in the 80s, uh, and it is a good book. They don't; These colleges don't have anything prepared for the students. They have no course of study. It's all just a big cafeteria layout, and whatever makes the student feel best about himself, whatever seems easiest, well, that's what he orders. You see, and this is not education. It's just like religion. Oh, you believe whatever you want. Well, no, the claim is that this is absolutely true, that this happened, and this is what you must do if you wish to go to heaven. Okay, it's not something you can pick and choose and select from. The student wants a Big Mac or a Whopper with cheese. He wants to, yeah, he wants to take this, this the course in which the professor talks about Gilligan's Island and, and other TV shows that <laughs> are academic. Well, how can you not, you see, it's inevitable that you have that. When you have 50% of the people who are college age going to college, but only 10% can handle the material, right? 80% of them are just jerking off. And they're going to have jerking off. It doesn't have to be that way. In, in the Baltic states, the universities aren't guys like that. They're very serious. By and large. What do we see the Jews trying to do? They're trying to strip David Duke of his earned degree, and they're trying to shut down like a university of 50,000 people and get it to reject all of its degrees because they teach the truth about Jews. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, remove co-education, <laughs> remove alcohol, and remove sports from the U.S. Academy, and what do you have? Nothing. Not much. Well, what about all those What about all those congoloidal football degrees, Angus? You know, the well, hey, they come here to Kirksville, and what do we see? What have we talked about on Goyfire? What 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 did the uh, the nigger DB do here in town? Are so much smarter than all the three of us. It's not even funny. Hey, they ran they ran down the local uh, barman. Got angry, got into an argument, and ran him down with their car. They still haven't gone on trial for that yeah. yet. Yeah. There was a white guy. To be fair, there was a white guy and a black guy involved in that. Well, they do they do great Zulu dances at the goal line. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, entertainment. They, they it's do. a big business. 
Actually, TSU sucks, though. They, they, they can't beat anybody. Their football team's horrible. So they don't even have the excuse of being good. As far as the Goyfire topics were through, except for maybe a, a Duke rape update. Let's talk about Duke briefly. Uh, did you did you guys mention when the captain uh, w was uh, arrested and he came out with his lawyers and uh -huh. he gave news conferences on cable TV? And this kid's what, 20, 22 years old. And uh, as I was saying earlier, if he would have been in a speech class, he would have gotten an A-plus for this performance. It wasn't a performance. I mean, it was a point-by-point -point, uh, re refutal, uh, a reputation of, of what... Uh, he was being charged with all on facts and his lawyers uh, allowed him to do this and apparently it's highly unusual and the commentators said it was so incredibly effective that he had uh, essentially countered Nifong at every turn on the facts it's quite impressive yeah, yeah are there are there any blacks on the jury is my question <laughs> well that's what they look this thing Nifong's doing in Aegis is going to be what's going to happen in every community throughout the United States, so we're just getting a, a, a prestige view of it. It's really something. And this is the result of, you know, words are reality, and, and the, we've grown, grown so fearful of speaking the truth that, that the niggers and the Jews realized, hey, we don't need any facts on our side. We just simply make charges against white males and circulate it in our media and count on a color jury to, to back us up. That's all we got to do. Easy. I mean, I, I, read, I, I read a Newsweek that had the cover story on this, and, you know, they're, they're running pictures of one of the guys' name is Seligman. I don't know. I'm assuming he's not a Jew. Could be wrong. But they're running, you know, he's playing lacrosse. I mean, they're running pictures of his house up in New Jersey based on the word of some nigger whore. Some nigger whore claims rape. There's absolutely no evidence to support it. And all of a sudden, you got a cover story in Newsweek, and you're running intense personal stuff about these guys who are accused with, with absolutely no evidence against them. And these are, and these are the, you're supposedly the most privileged white males in the country. I mean, the ones who go to Duke, who, who, whose families live in million-dollar houses. I mean, geez. On, if on VeganForum.com this week, we had a story about some nigger who who uh, impaled an axe in, in somebody's face, and he ended up with 25 years, 15 years less than Matt Hale, for Matt Hale's telephone uh, mumble whisper. Yeah. So when you, when you mentioned that, Alex, about uh, how things are and how they're going to be... Uh, Wasn't, was, it, there, was there an update on the Hale situation? Yeah, he was... Uh, he was everything was denied. I mean, uh, the point-by-point, point and, and the way the judges write it up, law reflects current cultural mores and because the cultural mores in, in the United States are so sick um, yeah. if you read it yeah we have it online but point by point Matt was his own uh, attorney or his own he made his own appeal but but, but what I mean is just imagine this uh, you know in, in um, the, the Turner Diaries Dr. Pierce wrote about uh, a white nationalist who impales a, an axe in the face of some Jew in, in an elevator some Jew bureaucrat in government I believe uh, but here, the niggers are doing that. In actual reality, it gets 25 years, and Matt Hale gets 40 for that. And this is a most quantum grief. Yeah, he got what he deserved. And, and they say how, how dangerous. Well, which is more dangerous, a nigger impaling axes in the face or, 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 or you know, somebody yeah. 
being the victim of an FBI sting operation for two years in which they tried to get him to say or do something which uh, they could use as a pretext to imprison him. And meanwhile, Patrick Fitzgerald, who prosecuted him, he hasn't gotten, uh, uh, what's, uh, what's uh, Bush's aide, uh, Roe, Roe in jail yet, hasn't even, uh, doesn't even have him charged. Yeah, um, what's, what, what's Abramoff looking at uh, five years in a, in a Martha Stewart pen? Yeah, that's that's something to keep in mind when they talk about you know white nationalists. And you, you think how much worse could white nationalism be than than what we have from the two parties? Where you, you know the Democrats are a bunch of Jews and niggers, and they're taking bribes and sticking ninety thousand bucks in the freezer. Republicans are a bunch of, of uh, Jews and hypocrites, and uh, you know they look at Abramoff, emphasize the Jewish tax pocket that. Mm-hmm. and how they're playing everybody for suckers and working through minority front companies and funneling the money back to Israel. Right, where the criminality of letting all of those Mexicans over the borders to rape, rob, and just decimate the economy in the U.S. What what type of penalty is that supposed to get? A lecture about how badly we treat them. Yeah, there's a lot wrong with America today, and it's not clear how it can be uh, fixed given the circumstances. It's very clear theoretically what what needs to be done. But uh, you got to protect yourself. Look out for yourself. You do that by staying out of debt. And there's no need really to talk about violence because either you do it or you don't do it, but you don't talk about it. Yeah, I, I, going back to you know the thing here where you've got a Mexican who himself may well be an illegal alien coming to Kirksville, starting a restaurant. And you know who's going to eat in that restaurant? Their own people. They're bringing more Mexicans up from Texas illegals employ them and then you know they have their usual mexican cultures getting drunk and getting in arguments and and uh one of them stabs the other guy a few dozen times and then gets his girlfriend or whatever to drive them downstate but they're so fucking dumb they still got the one guy picked up they, the last i saw they hadn't notified his next of kin because for all we know you know probably illegal and may not even be in state anymore or they couldn't identify it and this is the kind of crap and then you got your 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 uh, your money worshipping, we must grow the economy at all costs, like the economy is some kind of god that has to be propitiated, you know. You would have enough for the economy if you'd simply keep it a white nation and shut the borders down and, and help the workers a little. But no, you know, we gotta we got to make them compete with the Chinese. So these people give an award to the owner of this, uh, this restaurant. And uh, uh, good Christians, good Americans, they don't see race. They're ready to go die in Iraq. But look what they get. Is that what you want, America? Is that really what you want, a nation filled with third-worlders? Because that's what's headed your way extremely rapidly. I say it's we reject it. We say that, no, we're going in a different way, and our way is white. Our, and white means you're, you're politically active, conscious, and protecting of your race against all those who threaten it, principally the Jews but also including the colored tools they use to destroy your community. That is the path that will work, and that is where I and my family and whites with any ounce of, or shred of sense and dignity are headed. And there will be increasing numbers of us in coming years. Enjoy, enjoy your time at the top, Jews. You're destroying America uh, financially and, and culturally, as we've discussed here today on the show, but I ain't going to be under it when it falls down. It's not going to fall on me. It's going to fall on you, unless you scoot off to Israel. (laughs) 
But all you suckers out there who believe what you see on Fox News, you're the ones who are going to be taken for a ride. So yeah. I encourage you to mature. Come to white nationalism, for lack of a better term. It just means political maturity, recognizing that you have racial interests. And like Jefferson said, you know, if you if if you let both the, both the races run around free, one's going to exterminate the other. That's what Thomas Jefferson said. Let them both run around, and one of them's going to kill off the other one. Well, do you want to be the one killed off? Because that's what's already happened in Zimbabwe and South Africa. And it will happen here, unless we work together as a people. So that's my final word for today. Glad you're listening, yeah. and hope Koi Fire made some sense to you. Jane, uh, any final closing statements? No, except that uh, I am glad to see on VNInform.com uh, quite serious people who've recently come to the forum and they seem to me, a great number, a number of them, to be more aware of all these things we consider and have been considering for some years. I like that. I don't know what it is. Maybe it just took them a long time to flip over to make me more from to, to being racialists. But they've done it, and they're for white people. White people were the only the only group which is uh, not allowed to have our own interest groups. If we do, the Jews are right there to run us down quite a contrast to what uh, they've built for themselves where everything they do is love for their own people yeah they, they can't allow any any alternative any genuine alternative to their dictatorship and their system and their their system of not just their political system but their their phrases and their terms because the minute they legitimized white nationalism the way they do Jewish nationalism why everything would come to be clear would, would come to be seen for what it is you know hey Give white people Wyoming. Let, you know, let, let all the evil racists run off to Wyoming. Well, pretty soon you find that most whites are evil racists. I mean, 90% of the white population would be in Wyoming in a couple of years. <laughs> and they know that. Stop checking their, checking their behavior against the Jews' uh, approved behavioral. Yes, they, the Jews know that. They know, they know that white nations alone are desirable and valuable. They know, they know that they allow white people to have their own their own nation, uh, their diversity charade will be shown up for what it is. It's all a big scam. If anyone wants to know how valuable, PME on uh, VNN. And I can tell you a little bit about it. I'm, I'm able to experience it. Yeah, we encourage you to come on in, uh, read what we have at GoVNN.com, make your comments, and join VNNForum.com. And uh, you can even respond to Goyfire. I, I don't know what the email address is. Uh, what is it? Info. In Info, Info at goyfire.com. At goyfire.com. If you hear something on here you don't like or you think you think we're idiots or we're factually mistaken about something, info at goyfire.com. Feel free to uh, call us up. Unlike the libertarians, freedom is not just a marketing term with us. It's real. We practice it. We understand its conditions. And uh, we try to exemplify the type of media that we would have in a free and white nation. Exactly. Our fear is the fear of being wrong and not yeah, the fear right. of anything else. Wrong. You'll notice that our tone is similar. The only people you can find in the media who sound like we do are the people like Ahmadinejad who speak the truth. And like, hey, hey, Germany, you're imprisoning people who have an opinion about World War II that you don't like, and you can't even admit it to yourself. Ahmadinejad is speaking as a free man, and so are we. It's not that we agree with him necessarily. There are probably many areas we don't. We're not Islamics, but um, and the fact that we're honorable and we can speak our minds about Jews and and we can we can freely speak the truth about Jews, we're we're similar, and that's something you'll never get from Fox News. 
because all you get there are Ashkenazis and their ass kissers. Ann Coulter, Limbaugh, O'Reilly, Hannity, and the like, who were smearing the good men like we also discussed. Yeah, yeah, the, Kike, the Kike Dennis Ross is one of those special correspondents, you know, special experts. I've forgotten in yeah. the field. They, they ought to have yellow stars, you know, to show how proud they are of being Jews. Force them to affix them to their labels. Ross is a common Jewish cover name, as is Green. How many of the experts are, are, are not paid by the Jews to represent their interests, like Steve Emerson? They're not Jews, they're paid by them. Or they're afraid of them, and the fear conditions what they say. So they can't tell you the truth about what's going on in Iraq. But that's why you come to Goyfire, and we appreciate having you. And uh, luckily, we were able to have uh, get Craig nailed down and attached to a microphone today. And hopefully, Craig, are you going to be around for the yeah, next couple weeks? Yeah, speaking of, speaking okay. of Goyfire, I wanted to thank everyone for. Apparently, they like the messages, and Stan says the downloads of Goyfire are something like thirty-six, thirty-eight hundred a week. Is that about right, or something like that? So yeah, no, we had a flurry of it's one. It's nice to know that people like. They, they, like, yeah, they so, like Alex a lot, I know. Well, correct. They, I think they like all of us. And uh, yeah. they, uh, the important thing is we, we try to keep this as regular as we can. We try to record it whenever we can. There's a lot of people, and it's, it's difficult. Uh, but uh, this is our 33rd show, and uh, I hope we'll be back next week with uh, 34. <laughs> yeah, there is a, is a plethora of information and also our archives. If you go to our feed and subscribe, you can, of course, if you are getting... ANSI with a, for a new Goyfire, always go through the archives and uh, re-listen to material. I've even found myself uh, re-listening to shows, just learning more <laughs> or, or internalizing more information than I perhaps had uh, just um, briefly uh, encountered and not really registered. So I encourage you to do that. Um, thanks for listening. It's always a pleasure bringing you the information they don't. Uh, keep in mind, we are the good guys. We are the good guys. We hope you continue to listen to us and to draw the conclusions necessary for your prosperity, survival, uh, cultural enrichment, etc. So until next time, America, this is Aegis wishing you the best of your mind.
Vanguard Radio, we rock Orion. <laughs> 